Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss waiting until Christmas to open your presents. But I want to open it now. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic Spider-Verse. My name is Tyler Borland, and with me always is Danny Vincent. Yep, it's me, Danny Vincent. I'm back from Hawaii, and we got a lot to talk about today. Meaning we got that reboot? That Inhumans reboot? Sadly, no. No one would listen to me about it, because I was too busy staying at the beach. Anyway, so this is where we normally go into rapid-fire trailers, but... Tyler had a question before he recorded, and I said, Tyler, why don't you ask me this question when we record? Because I think the listeners probably don't know the answer. Right. So my question was because I had three trailers, none of which were from Sony at a Sony Marvel movie. And I asked Danny, uh, are the trailers that you get at the movies, are they picked out by the movie theater? How does that work? So, I know the answer. Which is, well, no matter what, every theater chain is going to be different. It is incredibly weird that your theater did not give you a Sony trailer. I cannot answer that. So, normally studios attach either one or two trailers to their movie. That are their movie. For me, I got Uncharted and Morbius. And I assume that's what most people got in front of this movie. Some theaters might get away with getting to choose between one or two of those. Uh, and just show either Uncharted or Morbius. They don't need to show both. Um, but mm-hmm. in my experience, every theater at Cinemark and AMC always give you the two that are attached. Um, and good, uh, not good, Rich. It's Imagine now. It's When I went home for Thanksgiving, I saw House of Gucci and Encanto at my parents' movie theater where you got two normal, two non-attached trailers, which I'll get into how those are picked. Um, and then you get, like when I saw Encanto, I got Lightyear and Turning Red, right? I got the two Disney trailers. After it. Oh, I did get Lightyear. Oh, well, add it to the... I remember. The fire. Yeah. <laughs> to the, uh, but anyway, so we saw... Uh, so beyond that, traditionally you're given options. So in this case, I'll use The Matrix as an example, even though we all got The Matrix, right? Yeah. That's a Warner yeah. Brothers movie. I know other people who saw this and got Batman. So what happens is they give you a list of approved trailers. In this case, I assume it was The Matrix, Batman, and Fantastic Beasts three because i have a trailer out for that and it was like oh, yeah. you get to pick which one you put on and i wonder about most theaters pick the matrix because the matrix comes out next week and they'll switch it to batman after next week mm-hmm. uh, and that would be probably the, the case for people is that in march batman's batman in march batman's march? in march yeah. fantastic beasts is in april um so like trying to look at these other options we had um for turning it's weird that you got turning red and light year because traditionally most people i know got one or the other so yeah. maybe you're st- maybe my guess is actually your theater thought, oh Marvel, it must be Disney, and actually put both the Disney trailers on and just ignored Sony. That would be my my guess with the trailers you got. It, but it is a smaller it is a smaller chain that I went to. I stopped going to my local AMC um after like I think the last one I saw there was Venom uh Let There Be Carnage. And it like the there was just some bad screen flickering and the audio was terrible and yeah. now i go to a movie theater where there's dolby atmos so 
yeah, I'm going to pick that one. But they are a smaller chain. Like, they only have eight theaters total. Um, so, so I maybe that's why why they picked the ones they picked. I don't know. Yeah. Meanwhile, I went to an AMC and IMAX, so I got all the big event movies. Well, the ones I got in Forks, I rise a little late. But anyway, rapid fire trailer time. Uh, did you get all the ones? No, you didn't get any of the ones I get, did you? Besides the Matrix. I... You only got the so, Matrix, the ones I got. I got, I got the last three in that list and the Matrix. All right. Yeah, so I think so, the Matrix is the only one that I got, but... We'll go in order anyway. Yeah, yeah. Ambulance. No idea what this is about. It's a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nope, I will not see it. <laughs> My answer is yes. I'm excited to see Michael, an original Michael Bay movie on the big screen. This is the first yeah. time this is going to happen since, like, what, 2005? I don't know forever anyway the matrix resurrections we all know by the time this episode is out i will have already seen it <laughs> right right um i i mean i want to see it yeah so okay uh, i will say like this is one of the best trailers that i've seen in a long time is this the white uh, rabbit trailer tra- or the other one i think yeah i got the white rabbit trailer i've oh, only good. had the white rabbit trailer and I think like I've that heard is the second such... trailer is really bad. That's why I'm glad gotcha. you got that one. But go on. And sorry. it's and the thing is like with the White Rabbit trailer is it is so the musicality, but you know, playing between like what's on screen and what is said in the music between the lyrics uh, of the music, it's so good. And I'm like, like that's awesome. It's not just another. It's not just a cool sounding song that's placed over. You know, some, some and also footage. it's not I, a cover. Yeah. It's not a cover. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And it's yeah, remixed it's not, with the Matrix theme too. And it's just, it's not some like post ocean grunge. It's pretty much the whole song yeah. too, because the song Industrial is short. Stuff. It, you know, it's exactly. a really short song, so it's basically it's great. It's a great trailer. Uncharted. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've no, I've not played the games. I heard the games are so much better, and a lot of like PlayStation fans are mad. Um, about the Tom Holland casting. They're like, I don't know. There's just, there's, there's a debate, but I'm, I was surprisingly into this trailer. I've not only caught half of it cause I went to the bathroom before it started. Cause I didn't want to see, cause I got the new matrix trailer and I didn't want to oh, see the new yeah. matrix. Well, cause I heard it's very spoilery and I'm again, I'm seeing the time this episode's out. I've already seen it. So like, I'm pretty close to it, you know? So I'm like, right. nah, I'm going to use the bathroom now. And I got back in, and the Uncharted trailer was halfway done. But what I saw of it, it's like, this looks surprisingly better than I expected. Um, I'm sure I'll see it just because I see pretty much every blockbuster that doesn't look, like, abhorrent. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll probably see it. And speaking of abhorrent blockbusters, Morbius. I'll see it, but here's my thing. I told I told Felicia uh, after seeing No Way Home, I was like, I don't know what universe Morbius is in, but I just hope that at the end of the movie, Venom comes along and eats him, and that's the only Morbius movie we have. And, <laughs> and there we go. And that's our post-credit scene uh, of Morbius is Venom eats Morbius, and then he's like, yummy. And then it says Venom, Venom will return in Venom 3 or whatever. So, yeah. I know what I want Venom to return to, but it would be a spoiler. So we have to wait until we get to it. Uh, Turning Red. 
I, I'm I like, <laughs> I'm, 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 I want to see it. Like it's, yeah, it, it's just, I, I've laughed. I think every time that I've seen this trailer, I've laughed at it and I find something new to laugh at every, every time and that I see it. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, same sing too. I don't really care if I see it, but I know that Felicia is super excited about Sing 2, so <laughs> probably I'll eventually see it. Yeah, I, so. I am going to try to skip it, but knowing my job, I'm willing to bet at some point I will be stuck watching it. Probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Lightyear. Hold on, I just want to clarify. Oh, This is the film about the man and not the toy, right? Yeah, yeah, it's about a man. Right? Yeah, okay, the man. Okay, yeah, the good. Man. Good. Because yeah. I don't want to see the movie about the toy. Yeah, I've All seen right. enough of them. Yeah. I've seen four of those. I don't need another one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but a man? I, I haven't seen many movies about men. Like Spider Man? Right. There were no men here. <laughs> right? <laughs> Spider Man, uh, no men home. I think we've already said that we are definitely going to do a green room on light year just because it's about a man, not a toy. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I wonder if the Falcon in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier they say is it true that Captain America's on the moon? Maybe they were referencing Lightyear. I hope so. Maybe. Hope so. Maybe. Who knows? He's a man, you know. Anyway, <laughs> he's not a toy. Exactly. All right, let's let's move into the bulk of our episode, which will be From this point on, we will discuss Spider-Man No Way Home and possible spoilers for future productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers, but will gladly take full credit if such come true. We will not address any leaks, but you know what I will address that I forgot to earlier? Is that this is our holiday episode. Yay! Merry Christmas! Happy holidays, everyone! Okay, I got that out of the way. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Spider-Man's a little over little overshadowing Christmas and New Year's this year. Anyway, uh, we, we're not going to address any leaks. Let's be real. We've we kind of caught up to the leaks, right? So, like, <laughs> but if our speculations yep. align, it's going to be purely coincidence. So, let's get into the Spider-Man No Way Home. But before we begin our general thoughts, I'd like to acknowledge our spider journey getting here. And we should look back on it before we discuss this new movie. Um, I thought... I was surprised by how worth rewatching all these was. Yeah. In a sense that in a way, I think some inconsistencies in the writing is more evident from our rewatches, but Mm -hmm. moreover, an emotional arc for a certain Spider-Man number three really paid off from us revisiting uh, the older movies. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. really just went straight into the spoilers. Oh, yeah. We gave the warning. Yeah, we know. did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we, we gave the spoiler alert. Yeah, so, yeah, so like, uh, yeah I, I like I remember I remember quite a while ago. Um, I think it may have been just after Falcon and Winter Soldier. I was like looking ahead at the schedule and I was like, oh, we've got enough weeks that we could do like some some older Spider-Man films. And I, I had like. I think typed up in our schedule. I was like, oh, hey, we should do this and do this. And, you know, with the older Spider-Man films. And then, like, we were thinking we were going to get Miss Marvel yeah. this year. So we we weren't quite sure if we were going to be able to do it. But I'm really glad that we were able to go back and spend this, like you said, spend this time with these films. Um, because, like, there are so many payoffs. I was particularly film. surprised by how much payoffs there were 
with both Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly with the latter with Sandman, I was shocked by the size of role he had here. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, in a good in sense. A, like, in a very good yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. And I think, it, like, we got more time with characters that we didn't necessarily get, I think, enough time with in their original films. Like like you said, Sandman. And it's there's never enough time for Willem Dafoe. Let's be real. Like, we could... Well, oh, my never gosh. Never yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, yeah. Yeah, it's... It it was just yes, just so many just so many payoffs, and I'm gl- I'm glad we hit F five on our memories with with these uh, with these universes. Yeah, and uh, and in your yeah, case, just, really watch the Andrew movies for the first time too. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. and so and I and like I think like I'm like while I don't think it's a narrative necessity. It definitely enhances your the viewing of this film. Oh, definitely entirely. I'm yeah. very curious how this will go when I see with my family over um, break again, uh, mm-hmm. because I know my brothers only saw the first of the Andrew movies, Andrew Garfield movies. Uh, oh, oh so, yeah. Although I think they're all well aware of what happens to Gwen Stacy because it's just kind of part of the cultural vernacular. It's kind of like yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of what everywhere. she's famous for. Uh, until Spider Gwen reclaimed her in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Um, but anyway, shall we move into our general thoughts? Because I'm sure we'll talk about the older movies more on this because it just yeah. kind of oh, naturally yeah. come up. Um, all yeah. right. So my general thoughts. I'm going first. Deal with it. Uh, I think this was simultaneously everything I feared that could go wrong with the movie, but also everything I hoped it could be. And I think the latter outweighs the former significantly. But to talk about the negative first, I think John Watts and Michael Giacchino do their best to try to make this a bad experience. But the phenomenal ensemble has so much chemistry that is just incredible. And it's a joy to see these characters, both the villains and the Spider-Men, interact extendedly like this. Like, it's just like... Because I think... Inherently, the Spider-Men are going to overshadow this movie with the third act. But I think about like in the condo scene where it's really just all the villains hanging out of it. And they're all just bouncing off each other. And it's great. Like all these yeah. actors and the lizard are like really great <laughs> just being there with each other. Um, I do think the film does suffer from the fact that story-wise, there was a tighter plotted and much better use like gorgeous and using color and design of this exact same story that came out three years ago. I think Spider-Verse cast a shadow over this, that if you ever think about Spider-Verse while watching it, you'll think about like how it does the beats. This does better in my opinion. However, I do think this becomes its own thing because mainly because of the fan surface and nostalgia. And I don't think fan surface and nostalgia are a bad thing. I think, um, when they overtake something, it is. And I think this movie very smartly keeps Holland uh, at the center no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if when Toby and Andrew come in, you're just kind of like... Like for me, there are moments in it where I just kind of like thought for a second that I was seeing like just Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield talk about back pain as Spider-Man. I was like... And Tom Holland was there. I was like, I would have never imagined this. Like back when mm, yeah. Spider-Man 2 came out that I would get this and it'd be so soon, really, thinking about it. It's been like... What, nine years? That's not that long a time. 
Really? Well, think of the time between Spider-Man and the amazing Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, And then um, there are moments that I think, I kind of mentioned this, that the legacy figures have a little out of character or lack of motivation of the previous films. However, I think the whole film comes together to be an emotional experience that it's easily Tom Holland's best film uh, in the MCU in terms of his performance and his character arc, along with everything else going on in it. However, John Watts never be allowed to direct again, and I'm worried about Fantastic Four stuff. Those are all my thoughts. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm... I enjoyed I enjoyed this one better than I enjoyed the other two, and I wonder if Watts will be better with directing more of an ensemble, like a hero ensemble film. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know about what you know with, with well. The Watts, I just hope they uh, get someone who's knows how to direct any type of visual image for mm. the next trilogy. Uh, cause I don't think, I think, and it might be a little COVID stuff too. I think just visually this movie is so bland, especially, I think in a way Toby sticks out when he comes in cause it's just so weird to see him without Raimi still making around him. Does that make sense? Mm, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Which is why I think Garfield, uh, actually adjusts it more cause Webb does have an anonymous style of filmmaking. Even if Webb though also gave you more visual splendor in Amazing Spider-Man 2 than this ever does, in my opinion. Gotcha. But anyway, yeah. what are your general thoughts? This film was everything I hoped it could be and more than what I thought I wanted it to be. Um, and I'll get into that later later on. Um, each and every member of the cast delivered great performances when the writing and circumstances allowed and the narrative was not forced as it was... Uh, as it very well could have been. Uh, parentheses, looking at you, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. Um, you say that this film suffers from being closely related to Sony's animated Spider-Verse movie. Uh, but I want to counter with that. I like I didn't once think of Spider-Verse while watching this film. But that also goes with what you said in that the film does a really good job of making sure that you know that Holland is the center of this story. And, uh, well, you so, can say the same about the spider verse with miles. I think miles is very clear. That's a different topic. Sorry. That's a very different. Yeah. Topic, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do, I do think like both animated multiverses and live action multiverses, I think they should be separate of their own, um, and rather like optional extensions of storytelling. Um, but that's, that's a personal preference there and it's also if if it's kept that way i can have john mulaney as my live action spidey 77 peter parker but anyways peter parker john mulaney nick kroll cats and barbara there i said it um so uh as for the story the interactions of these uh heroes and villains all seemed natural and even in the more unbelievable parts such as ned using eldritch magic Um, Those were easily bought and lingered on just enough. Um, Toby's story felt like it finally had an ending, while Garfield's felt like a continuation, and I'm very much okay with that. Uh, To me, Giacchino's score also incorporates enough of the Maguire and Garfield themes while still maintaining the Holland theme 
to remind us that we are in a universal collision in Holland's universe. Uh, um, can I argue now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think the epitome of why this score is terrible is that there's a sequence where all three of them are running, and then you get that great shot of them swinging, and it only blares the Holland theme. It does not interweave the themes at all. It is not trying to. The only time you hear the Raimi and Garfield themes in it are when they have individual scenes on their own. There is, You can go on YouTube and look up like epic Spider-Man medley with all three themes, and it sounds more like an actual like composed theme. Oh, I, yeah. And the thing is, like, I think Giacchino's theme is the weakest. Well, actually, I don't because I use the Horner theme and I like the uh, Zimmer theme more for Andrew. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that it's really weird to me that it does not even try. Where it's like, we're all going to team up together. And then it just blares the Holland theme. No. See, I mean, that's that's like what I mean by... It it still reminds you that like yeah we've got these three Spider Men but we're still in the Holland universe. It doesn't you know that doesn't matter to me though. To be, to be very honest, is that you're gonna get three more movies of Holland. You're never gonna get the chance to try to interweave these themes again. It's a missed opportunity. That's my point. Yeah, you're never gonna yeah, have an that, opportunity. That is to do a good this again. point. Yeah. So why are we not? Why is Giacchino phoning it in and just going like my theme is the best? That's what it really the attitude of it to be is like it has nothing to do with Holland yeah. being the focus. It has to do with the fact that Giacchino thinks his theme is better, which is factually mm. not true. <laughs> like right, and I'm not saying like I think the Raimi. Well, we'll get into this later. It's one of my points. I think Toby in general has notably less crowd pleasing moments than Andrew does, mm-hmm. uh, which is not actually an issue. Really, it's just weird to me. But anyway, did you have more of your general gotcha. thoughts? We'll talk more about the score later. We have a whole point no, point no. About it. I'm done. I'm done with my general general thoughts. All yeah. right, so let's dig in because I know me and Tyler are going to argue about our first point, which is yeah. nothing to do with the movie. So I've really missed having an insane theater crowd. Um, like to me, part of the whole point of seeing blockbusters in theaters opening weekend is to have a crowd that gets psyched up about everything, like. My audience totally exploded at Charlie Cox, which was really funny because half the audience was like, oh, my God. And the half was like, what? Like, like you can feel the division. I in the don't audience. have the Netflix. <laughs> like, who is that guy? I, know, I sounded like Hank Hill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, like, when Doc Ock showed up, there was huge applause. And the moment when, like, the pumpkin bomb dropped in that sequence, the audience was like, oh. And then, you know, you get the shot of Goblin there. And you get the shot of the mask. It all got cheers. Uh, and of course, the biggest cheer was, let's get Spider-Man in here. And you see Andrew from the distance. And he jogs in. And he takes off his mask. First, everyone cheers at Spider-Man. And then he takes off his mask. People cheer more. And then what was better was when Toby was about to come in. They go like, well, let's call Spider-Man again. You could feel the whole audience going like, oh, my God. It's ever going to happen now or never. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then he comes in. And everyone's like, he's like, hey, guys. And we're like, ah! <laughs> like, and I'll be honest. Like. I didn't initially get into it, but then I was like around, I think it was around the time uh, Goblin showed up and people were cheering. I was like, you know what? I haven't had the opportunity to do this since Endgame. That's been like two and a half years. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I've i missed this, so I'm just going to join in and scream at everything. With the exception of one bit where the audience screamed, which I thought was iffy, which is, um, well, I'll keep it to myself because we're going to talk about, I think, the moment I'm thinking of quite a bit in this uh but the audience really cheered at that, and I was too busy, like, tearing up. So <laughs> I was like, I can't yeah. cheer. I'm crying right now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. 
So, Tyler, give me your opinion on audiences okay. enjoying movies. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, that was loaded. Okay, so thank goodness people didn't cheer at my viewing. Uh, one lady did try to clap at the end of the film, and I bet she also claps when the plane lands at the airport. Have we ever seen a movie um, together? Because I clap at the end of I don't think much we any, have. I clap at the end of pretty much any movie I enjoy. Uh, yeah, I don't, well, I don't think we actually, have. Yeah. Actually, let me rephrase. If I'm the only person in the theater, I'm not going to do that. But if I'm with us for this type of movie, if I enjoy it, I'll clap at the end. Oh, I didn't even mention. Sorry, we. I'll let you finish. But do you know what? Also, okay. got a huge applause here. Not the ending, mm-hmm. but the and Tobey Maguire credit. I've only seen Robert Downey Jr.'s credit in Endgame applauded ever, but Toby's credit really? got applauded here. People people started leaving like as soon as the lights went up. People started leaving, and I'm like, guys, there are two, there are two post credit scenes. That's that's the staple. There's, there's one well, post credit okay. scene. There's in the one trailer. post credit scene in a trailer. <laughs> yeah, I've I've already told my aunts that when we go see it over break, that like we should not stay for the trailer because you guys don't care about Doctor Strange. I know you guys don't. So it makes yeah. no sense for us to stay for there for you. Yeah, yeah. We'll I'm glad that. they put. Yeah. Uh so so uh so yeah, to me there's an unspoken agreement at the movie theater that we are all watching the film together and we respect each other enough not to interrupt each other's viewing with our own takes on a film. Um for me the clapping takes me out of the movie experience. It can be rude and some viewers may miss dialogue that otherwise would be heard if people weren't clapping. Uh yeah. How is it? So, I want to know how it's rude. <laughs> I, think- I, I find it well the the rude thing is is like like they say don't answer phone calls in the middle of a movie so like if someone's like clapping and like woohoo like cheering and stuff you know in the middle of the of a movie then that also but like people the, are they could miss the dialogue who and cares like, about the it, dialogue the dialogue is never i care about the, the dialogue, dialogue- okay, okay okay sorry i just want to go back the, the reason i say that is i think about Avengers 1, way back in 2012. I was at the midnight premiere, right? And yeah. you know what moment got the biggest applause there, right? It was Hulk smashing Loki. Like, that. The, everyone was laughing hysterically, screaming and cheering. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear Puny God until the third time I saw that movie. But is me hearing Puny God actually necessary to, to enjoy the movie? I'd rather be caught up in the euphoria of the moment, because generally, I think Marvel in particular, and Star Wars, because those are pretty much the two franchises that get these type of moments. Well, Star Wars, not really anymore, but at the time of both Force Awakens and Last Jedi, they did. Um, and I know you don't like Last Jedi, but there was a moment in that movie that got tons of cheers, and that's when Kylo like stabbed the when guy in the face. finally was done. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. that got cheered. You know what was weird, though? I always think it's weird is when people applaud dedications. That's weird. That is a little weird, because it's like, these guys are dead. You should be quiet and show some respect. Right. Because Carrie Fisher credit got applause at that one. And I remember being like, mm. that's weird. That's weird. Uh, but these movies have basically like, usually like, it's not an important line. Like, because they know people are going to be clapping. There's It's like when you watch a sitcom without a laugh track, right? I think these movies yeah. are designed for that. See, I like it. That's the difference for me between between theater, like live theater and then the movies is that like live theater that's what you go to live theater for is for the audience interaction with what's happening on stage and 
people on stage know to hold for laughs and they know to hold for audience reaction. Whereas in the movie, the movie can't do that. You know, well, I, so, I, well, going back to like Endgame, right? I think mm-hmm. Endgame is very purposely designed that the portal scene is supposed to have claps. I think watching mm. it at home without claps is weird because it's just like a minute of characters walking in silently. You know what I mean? I mean, have you ever seen? It's on YouTube. Look up Avengers Endgame without the music, and it is literally—it's like people. It's just quiet walking and coughing, and yeah, or like, like even like in Endgame. A better example is like when Cap gets the hammer. Right? He like holds it for a solid five seconds before the camera cuts to Thor. Like it gives you time to applaud. Like these movies are designed to give you moments to applaud. Like very much like when Andrew steps through the portal and he takes off his mask, he like stands there quietly for a solid two seconds for applause. Like that to me is like the thing where it's like specifically with this movie and with Andrew and Toby is that people never expected they would see them again. And I think they very smartly kept them hidden from them. Well, and we'll get into that when we talk about Toby. I want to talk about keeping them hidden from the marketing eventually and what how that paid off. But I think people not knowing they're going to get these people back for sure and then being like, "Oh my yeah. god, we actually are getting them." I think that's worthy of a plot. Like I I had always said, you know, leading up to this that if I saw Toby again and they play the Raimi theme as he walks through, which they didn't do, I would break down crying. But I did come pretty close to crying anyway when he walked in because it was my my childhood hero returning. And I imagine that's yeah. how like, you know, people felt, of course, going back. And the reason I brought up Star Wars also is like, that's probably the best comparison to it is Force Awakens. You know, mm. when you get Leia and you get Han back for the first time in 30 years and some people just started crying because they were never expecting to see them again. Yeah. Uh, and cheering. Yeah. I think. I think this movie honestly earns that type of rapturous applause more than Endgame or Infinity War did, even though I do think those both have their moments. Mm. I also just think, you know, it's been it's been two and a half years since we've had a movie like this. It's been two years since yeah. there's been a blockbuster that could be as big as this with Rise of Skywalker, which wasn't good. Which <laughs> Like going going into the theater to see this, this movie felt like it felt like I was back at the movies before, before the the pandemic, and uh, that was that was really nice to to just have that. Yeah, to have that feeling. Yeah, that's what um, I. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. That's like why I like. I actually don't usually cheer at everything. I usually will cheer like at like one moment or two if I mm-hmm. do join up in the cheering. But in this case, like, I, as I said, it was, I think it was when Green Goblin flew into the audience and started to apply. I was just like, you know what? I'll, I'll go. I'll do it. I don't care. I, I've missed this feeling and I'll just join in with it. I don't care. Like, it's a, it's a feeling of community of everyone being excited about it. And I kind of get what you mean by saying that we don't share each other's takes. But in this case, I think everyone in this movie wanting a specific thing. And then when they get that specific thing, I think, and joining in the communal excitement that we actually got it feels special. Mm. And that's my defense of applauding at the movies. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I I don't know. I've, I've also never had a movie where people applauded or... Well, okay. I did get cheering 
for the post credit scene of uh, Venom, let there be. Carnage. I was going to say that was the only other time I've had since the pandemic where it's yeah. had a huge reaction uh, to something. Yeah, that was that was about the uh, the only time that I've had had anything, and people were just they were like, "What? No way!" And yeah. I at even then I was like, "Shut up! I'm trying to listen. I'm trying like but I'm trying to watch the movie." My point is, I was like, yeah. "You're trying." To, I know I don't want to be like. You're wrong because I actually don't. I think in that case, like you know, it's like it's just be like a oh type of thing, you know, not like really like yeah. But also, if you look back at that scene that you missed the dialogue on, it's just J.K. Simmons repeating his speech from Far From Home, so it's not like you missed right. anything, you know. Like it is yeah. designed for you to, if there's cheering, you're not missing anything in these cases, uh, because I think Sony and Marvel know what moments are going to pop and what don't. It's also, let's be real, they test these movies constantly. And if they're like, this is the moment that people will cheer, we're going to have it be quiet. You know? Mm, yeah. Heck, even there's a weird one in this where and there's actually two moments where people applaud and I thought it was weird. Although, one of the one I'm about to mention, which is when Aunt May says with great power comes great responsibility, there is a pause afterwards for potential applause. But I noticed like my crowd, and I think this is the correct response, even with a cheering crowd, it's like two people started clapping, noticed everyone else was actually involved with the movie and they stopped. <laughs> You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, and that's that's the thing is like people get when when clapping is normalized, people start pulling they start guessing at when what cues are. And that's that's yeah, that's that's where I'm like, okay, no, no, stop, stop. Like when it's clear that you have time to applaud to applaud, then go right ahead. I don't think I'd mind at the end of a movie. I'd just be like you guys are weird, but well, good, it's, me, it's, it's the uh, same thing to this as one. clapping when a plane lands. It is the same thing. Well, to going me. back to this one and Endgame, I think in Endgame the portal scene, if there wasn't applause, I feel like it'd be very weird. And here, if when Toby and Andrew walk out and there wasn't applause, I'd be like, "Are you guys like we're at the for me? I'm like at the Thursday premiere, right? Like we're all people yeah. who like got there. It's like." How could we not be excited for this? You know, I mean, as a like, lifetime get me Spider-Man wrong. fan, don't like, don't get here. me wrong. People, people were excited. They were like, "What? No way! No yeah. way!" But I mean, it was like it was like excited, hushed, uh, like talk. You know, between the people around. See, you. I would rather and have cheering me, than that. I would see, rather have cheering. To me, than I'd rather I'd rather have that because it's it like it just builds the suspense, and then the mo- it's up to the movie. To execute on that. See, though, and you know, as I said, that is what kind of happened with Toby because they're like, let's go, like, let's try that again and see who Spider Man is. And everyone's like, oh, is, is this where he's, is he gonna come? Is he gonna, is, did Toby actually bother to say yes to this movie? And then he comes in and that's when the audience just like explodes. <laughs> I, I was waiting, I was waiting for a moment where Ned f- was like, casting a ring and he's like well let's let's get spidey in in here or something and he says something or opens a portal to where we see venom getting ready to eat somebody (laughs) and then he's like nope wrong guy and like closes the portal i was waiting for a moment like that 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 was gonna be like my dream venom cameo and we didn't didn't get that one i was okay Um, with what we got but we'll get to that when we talk about the post yeah um but uh but yeah i when toby when toby showed up i did think i was like well, that's at least two million dollars right there, like because of how much he demands. I am for his so contract. I am so excited to see their paychecks for this movie because it will eventually yeah. come out probably like a month from now. I'll be like, I'm going to bet 
I'm still betting Andrew didn't get paid much because I think, and we'll talk about him. I think he probably viewed this as a redemption opportunity in the public eye of doing this movie. Mm. Uh, whereas Toby, like he could have just stayed at home. Uh, but you know, he could have asked for as much as he wanted that had paid for him. Anyway, let's move on. We, we talked about cheering enough. Yeah. So if you remember, I guessed the billing and I just want to say what the billing actually was. Billing was no one. I know no one on the podcast cares about this. So they're going to skip ahead of if they don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Battle. And good for him. Finally getting above John Favreau. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Juan, Tony Revolori, with Marisa Tomei, and Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire. I was pretty surprised. I've never seen a movie with two ants. So, that was um, pretty cool. Um, but I was pretty surprised J.K. Simmons didn't get billing. Uh, I was mm. also pretty surprised that, I don't know if you noticed this or not, after this initial billing... This is me just getting my credits right on. There were like two stacks with three on it. One of them was his teachers. And I think the other ones were the other classmates. Uh, yeah. And they didn't have one for Hayden Church and Ethan's, even though they were just voice roles. But I would have thought right. they would have got like a spot still in the main credits for that. Especially because mm-hmm. I thought they both, well, Church had a bigger role than I expected. <laughs> right? I, yeah. They correctly yeah. deduced that no one really cared. <laughs> <They> cared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know I'm the only person who cares about billing. We can move on. <laughs> Unless you want to talk about the billing. No. No, I'm good. All right. Uh, so, uh, you've got down for doing a classic character breakdown. Yeah, classic the what first character, we did. Yeah. Yeah, the first, the first one character you got down is Peter. But I need to know, Danny, which one? Or mm-hmm. more accu- accurately, after the ending of No Way Home, Peter who? You know, I gotta say... Um, and I'll, I'll pimp this at the end of this podcast. Uh, I did an episode of Snub Club on It's a Wonderful Life last night. And I really think rewatching it right after No Way Home makes me real, realize that's why they put it out here at Christmas, you know? Because it has this, he wishes he was never born. And that's how. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice yeah, that's a good point. thematic connection there. Uh, but let's start. I, I mean, of course, Peter, uh, Tom Holland's Peter. For this, because yeah, we have another part of the notes that say Andrew and Toby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I think uh, this is easily the best outing for Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, easily. Uh, it helps that, and oh, well, we do have her listed, so I'll talk about her more later. But it helps that he actually has a tangible relationship with his aunt. Uh, it helps that like. He is the whole point of the movie, and it's not like grappling with Stark's legacy in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think it's um, I think even though I do think in the third act, at least for me as a life, I keep saying it's a lifelong fan of live action Spider Man. He is overshadowed by other characters in the third act. He still manages to hold the big pieces together. Yeah, um, and it, I think it's a. It's just, it's a good performance, and it's a well-done character arc that actually leads to change, which is something that never happens with character arcs in the MCU. Mm. Um, Particularly, I think of uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming, where his arc is, um, what is is it? It's like, if you, you gotta 
be able to know pick your fights. That's the that is the premise of what the thing is. You know what I mean? Like what the character arc that's given to you in the first act of Homecoming, right? Uh, yeah. And then at the end, he gets the suit back by doing exactly what uh, Tony Stark told him not to do. He ignores it, and the argument is like, well, he has to be responsible. Like that's the Spider-Man arc. I'm like, yeah, but he's still like it, it's it's very murky. That's my point. I would say the same thing mm. far from I think the character arc is way too murky. Here it's very clear. Peter messed up. He wants to fix his mess, but he also wants to have it all, which is in the trailer, yeah. obviously, with Willem Dafoe's line in the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. But, and of course, he can't have it all because he's Peter Parker. That's just the way it is. Uh, right. What do you think about Peter in this movie? Of course, um, Tom I thought that this was, like, I agree with you. It's definitely. Um, the Tom Holland, Peter Parker, it's his best outing. Um, the emotional roller coaster that this character goes through in this film, like I like Tom Holland. I, I, I had a really hard time picking out my MVP for this film. Um, be in Tom Holland was one of, one of the, uh, Can candidates for me, you know, to choose from. How many candidates uh, that I was going to choose from? Um, I had. (laughs) I'll name them here, and I just won't say who my actual MVP is. I had uh, Tom Holland. I had uh, Jake Jacob Batalon. I think no. I know I had uh, Willem Dafoe, and uh, oh, Andrew Garfield. Those are my my three, and uh, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, okay. and cool. and because I was like all I had, I all had four one. of them. I I am gotcha. immediately leaving the theater, which one mine was, which um, yeah. so we'll get to and we talk about it. But yeah. yeah, and so so I was I it yeah just with with Tom Holland, I was like I'm actually like feeling like even though I know what he was trying to do was immature and it was not the right thing to try to change the world for your. That like that's and we we get that like his lesson and like you're trying to change the world for your way so you can get your way. That's it's also lesson, what these villains are doing. You it's know, it's a lesson you and, should have learned in previous films in a way because well, really, well, yeah, well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that's a bad thing towards this movie or the previous films. I'm saying that um, the idea that Peter needs to uh, really look at himself and what he's asking is something mm-hmm. that strange in particular i feel like goes like how can you still be like this after literally all you've been through you're still like this you know yeah yeah uh and i i think i think like the 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 home the home trilogy whatever we whatever we want i think call it will it, be called the home the trilogy. home tr- the yeah the home trilogy, trilogy the, the home trilogy is it's definitely peter growing up and learning that he can't have he can't have everything um and i think that i think they've done a a decent job with that and i think this film was a great transition into a uh more adult peter parker someone who's like re- has to take full responsibility and like uh just seeing like there at the end of the film where he's got a book He's got his G, you know, to get his GED, and uh, I just, I just do what? 
He said, then you hear, rent. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish it yeah. was actually him, but it's not. I wish it was. Uh, I wish it was. All right. I, w- I wish we got. You have you owe me rent and rent. Yeah, I, but it's 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 a different person. Anyways, I want to hear Tom Holland Mr. say. I want to hear Tom say, "Gee, thanks, Mr. Dickovich." Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I th- I think this this Peter learns his lesson the the hard way, and I don't know. Like, I mean, I know Peter I'm, Parker I'm saying the same things terrible life over and. Over and over again, who deserves to have a terrible? Well, no, no, life. I mean, that's kind of or, the point of the character to me. You know, like yeah, it is part of the point of the character is that uh, he has to be the suffering everyman. That's why I like yeah. Spider Verse into the Spider Verse more than any other of the uh, recent mm-hmm. Spider Man movies because it's the only one that really captures that feeling since the Raimi movies. Gotcha. Uh, and I don't think this one really captures it yet, but I think it puts them in the yeah. position that the next one would. I th- yeah, I definitely think that what we can get to um to the Peter Parker stuff that like the Raimi films capture the closest at least in the first two any of the Holland movies do to get you that is the stuff with Laura Harrier in the first film in Homecoming uh who's the Vulture's daughter who I can't remember. I think it's Liz yeah. Liz yeah Liz yeah. yeah that's the closest these movies get to for really getting Peter's uh, dilemma between being a hero and that's kind of why, why I'll be like I know we talked about this via text I think Far From Home is significantly worse than homecoming even though i don't really like either uh, and that's mm. main, pretty much the main reasons that i think it does not capture the what's it the struggle the struggle uh, yeah <laughs> as well although i think this one definitely does it well when it's not being caught up in multiverse shenanigans which i don't yeah. have an issue with multiverse shenanigans i'm just saying um yeah and i i think like Pete, like Peter, the thing is, Peter, without him meddling in anything, he had it all. He had his secret identity. He had, well, no, no, because if end of Far From Home, it Get was MJ. revealed. His identity was re- was revealed, anyways. But I mean, even though like his identity was revealed, he was still gonna go to court to fight it, you know. And yeah, because. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta give the and, shout out to my good man uh, Stewie from Succession. I know Tyler doesn't watch Succession. I know a vast majority of our listeners don't watch Succession, but I watch Succession, so I was very excited to see this actor pop up. He plays uh, the head, the damage control guy. is uh, an actor from Succession, and I was just excited to see him here. <laughs> is he the same guy from New Girl? No, he's not. You're thinking of I think uh, Jake Johnson, who is Spider Man in Into the Spider Verse. They have a imagine if we got imagine if we got that cameo. Uh, yeah, I I think uh, well, well, why don't we talk about it now? Because that leads us into it's a side note, but we haven't talked. I, we don't have it listed. I think it's an important moment to mention, which is uh when Andrew unmasks himself in front of Jamie Fox, and Jamie Fox goes, "I thought you'd be black," and Peter's like, "You know, maybe there is another uh black Spider Man in the universe." Yeah, and my audience yeah. cheered at that. Uh, my response to that would be is I don't know why there isn't a live action Miles yet. So <laughs> I think we will get there. I think we're definitely headed there, and I think that we will get there at least by the end of the next trilogy, the next uh, uh, Peter Parker trilogy. I think there's also definitely potential that I could see Toby and Andrew 
popping up in the Spider-Verse finale movie, the third one. Mm, I could definitely yeah. see that. I don't know about Holland, because I don't know if Feige wants to mess with that, but yeah. I could definitely see... Because one of my issues with the movie, which I think I'll mention, I think I have later later. It's not an issue. It's kind of like, you know how like sometimes you just have like a thing that like that bothers me a little, but I get why it's not there, but I wish it was. Is that there's no epilogue for Toby and Andrew? Uh, I Mm. wish there was. I wish we could see a bit of their universe at the end. Uh, But I kind of get why not because again we want to keep the focus on Holland, Uh, and also it'd be one of those things where I think this movie does have a scene that very much reminds me of Spider Verse, which we'll get to. And I think having an epilogue where it's like, here's what's going on in all the universes would be extremely like, that's how Spider-Verse ended, so we're going to do the same thing, you know? So uh, I get why they didn't do that either. Yeah. But my point is there with that is that if Andrew was in uh, Across the Spider-Verse Part 2, he would eventually meet the Black Spider-Man, you know? So it would happen. I think so we have the home trilogy, and I think the next trilogy of Tom Holland films, and I'll put a disclaimer on this. There is, there is no confirmed second trilogy of Tom Holland films. That's just an educated guess. Well, actually Amy Pascal said she wants it, but oh, she else said is, that if I, yeah, yeah she said if I can is, get my way, then I'll, then yeah. we'll have it. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone else has been like, no, oh, let's wait to see how contracts work out. The only thing right. he just confirmed is that he does have plans for Spider-Man and they're working on the next film already. They don't oh, want nice. To be, well, they don't want people to be worried about Sony pulling it again. They're like, we're, right. we're already working on it. Don't worry about it, you know? So, like, I think the the uh, first movie will be called Spider-Man Pizza Time. And it's going to be about Tom Holland trying to, trying to, like, trying to work, you know, he's he's trying to make money, trying to trying to make things work out in in his world. Uh, the second one will be called Spider-Man Pizza Perfect, and he's going to join an acapella group at a local community college after he gets his GED. He's going to join a uh, an acapella group. That's going to be quite an interesting movie. I don't know who the villains are going to be for these two films. And then the third one will be called Spider-Man Pizza Dog, and that's going to be when the Young Avengers all get together. Nice. So, boom. It's going to uh, be the, pe- the pizza trilogy. I do have a... Uh... Well, if you remember, one of the fake titles for this initially announced was Spider-Man Home Slice. Uh, but yeah. also, uh, I have I, I have a serious question about speculation for the next one that I'll get into. But I think we should talk about our next characters first because it would allow me to organically lead into that. Sure. So MJ and Ned. Um, the man in the chair. Yeah. So I think, uh, well, why don't you start here? I okay. think Zendaya is so, really good here. That's what my main. Take. Yeah, I think I think Zendaya um, delivers a great emotional uh, performance, and it's it's a performance that, like, if something if if she would have died in this film, like, I think it would have had the same weight as what I think it would have had more weight with the Gwen Stacy loss in Amazing Spider-Man Two. I I. I'm glad she did not die, and I think if she died, yeah, I'm glad too. Well, well, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I think it'd be a terrible decision story wise. Uh, oh, even, it, if, yeah, even if Andrew it, wasn't there, you know what I mean? Like I'm saying, like yeah. let's say this was just Spider-Man three. We're bringing in the villains, but we're not having Toby or Andrew here, and MJ mm-hmm. dies at the end. And it's Goblin's fault. I don't think it'd be. A, I think it'd be a terrible decision, <laughs> especially if you're killing May off in the same movie. There's no reason to give Peter yes. that much tragedy. 
Yeah. And I also think we don't really talk about politics on this podcast much, but I think there was a certain backlash to Zendaya being cast as MJ that has to do with racism that if MJ ever dies in these movies, people are going to view those people who are like, she's not my MJ because she's black. They would view it as a win. So I would like to never see Zendaya's character die in these movies. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's kind of like capitulating to those toxic fans. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also think Zendaya is just so, I think she brings the best out of Tom Holland. I don't, I don't necessarily think the opposite. I think Zendaya is a better actor, Uh, but I think she brings the best out of Tom Holland. So I really would not want her. (laughs) I would kill Ned off before her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, so yeah, like, I I enjoyed the I think my favorite scene with MJ in it was the coffee shop scene at the end, the bakery scene at the end of the film. And I was just like there I, there aren't explosions. And I it's think just, the best I think the best MJ and Ned scene in this movie is pretty evident. So no matter what you're gonna say has to be the second best. <laughs> because right. it's because the other one is the scene that I was screaming the entire time. Well, yeah, uh, and I think like Ned, Ned finally got to do stuff in this film. That's he got that's a girlfriend in the last one. No, I'm kidding. That was stupid. Dubai, oh. He got a girlfriend yeah. in Ohio. I mean, that it it was a funny bit in in Far From Home. Oh, sorry, but, Far From Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, in in No Way Home, it was like Ned finally got got to do stuff, and poor guy is not gonna remember it. But <laughs> he doesn't. I, I I have a feeling that uh, eventually we'll get back to them. You know what I mean? Like, no way is this going to stick. They'll come back. Um, I think it'll be interesting if the hints that Ned would eventually become Hobgoblin is coupled with the, um, you know, uh, the magic. I think that'd be interesting to see if that happens. But we'll see, you know? Mm. Yeah, I got to wondering because I was like, I know Ned... In the comics, Ned becomes Hobgoblin. He's like the third iteration of Hobgoblin. But yeah, I just I just wonder I just wonder how that how that would happen. I mean, after what happened in this film, I was convinced that Peter Parker was going to Tom Holland's Peter Parker was going to kill the Green Goblin. If if he hadn't been stopped, you know, I was totally convinced and I'm like, I feel felt the tension and emotion in that in that scene i wish i wish toby had said you know revenge is like a poison and just quoted aunt may word for word that's the fan service i am no i'm kidding please that would have been really wrong (laughs) (laughs) um but but yeah like i i felt that he would have gone there and if we end up eventually getting ned as hobgoblin like just the PTSD that Peter's gonna have to deal with seeing a goblin figure gliding around New York again after everything that Green Goblin did to him in this film. You say that like Peter Parker doesn't have to deal with that all the time. He's a character that's I mean, inherently he, always miserable. That's what makes him great. That's, <laughs> I mean, yes, but uh, the more Tom Holland gets punished in these movies, the more I'm going to enjoy them. Oh my gosh, that's. <laughs> That's called something else, Danny. Um, so, so yeah, I I thought that MJ and Ned finally they finally got time in in the film, and I hope I don't think they'll they'll be going anywhere. I hope that they'll be around for the next trilogy of oh stuff. I don't, but 
I think they're taking time off. And I think they'll yeah. come back by maybe five or six. I think if you brought them yeah. back in the next one, there'd be no real consequence to it. Oh, so we really, yeah, we really need to feel their absence is what you're saying. What I yeah. would do is find a way to keep, this is me, this is my me fan fight, fic writing the next Spider-Man is have there be something that happens to flash where he gets kicked out of MIT or like, he just can't go and have him be the new Ned. Cause I think Tony Revolori is a great actor. Who's always been underused in these movies and mm-hmm. have him basically be the new Ned. And I wanted to ask you, who do you think the love interest will be for the next movie? I don't think it will be MJ. I I think we'll get a I, Gwen Stacy. Oh, I was gonna say that's the number one thing I don't think will happen. You wanna know why? Betty, okay, so in the comics, like Betty is a love interest, but she's not been set up I don't in in these films to be that. I don't you know? think we'll be Gwen. Because the thing is is that Peter will always remember Andrew talking about his Gwen. And the fact is is that I would not be able to look past the idea of him being like Oh, Gwen Stacy, that's what that other Spider-Man told me was hot. I'm going to go date her. You know, like, it'd just be a weird dynamic. I think yeah. the logical choice okay. is to either... I think the logical choice is there's one Spider-Man uh, love interest who's only been in one movie, and it was to set up a Amazing Spider-Man 3, and that is to bring in Felicia Hardy into the college trilogy and do Black Cat. Oh, to get Black Cat. Yeah, yeah. that would be a good... That would be a good one. And she could be tied in with a... Uh, I don't know if he's popped up on Daredevil yet or not, uh, but by the time this finale is done, I, this uh, this episode done, I guess the uh, the Hawkeye finale will be out. Is uh, I, Felicia Hardy is sometimes affiliated with Kingpin, uh, so if D'Onofrio is back as Kingpin, he could easily be the next one with Black Cat. And have yeah, Black Cat be Peter's love interest there. Uh, you could also just do a movie about a love interest. It's possible, you know. Um, so uh, we. We could also get, uh, I mean, we don't have the X-Men yet, but Peter Parker in the comics, Peter Parker has dated Kitty Pride, So, yeah, just saying, just saying. I think also, maybe I'm wrong, I think one of them has dated, not obviously Peter, because Peter's older in the comics, but maybe Miles or someone. I think someone has had a thing with Kamal Khan, one of them. Although mm. I think also... I don't think they're going to do that because I think I just realized Kamal Khan's actress is way younger than Tom Holland. Way I younger. I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. Never mind. Never mind. I, I, I forgot who the actress they had was. I uh, do. You you talked about Flash Thompson, and uh, we do have in the MCU now, after the mid credit scene, we do have a symbiote piece of Venom. Yeah, that's true. I do think that, will, that has to come and into the next movie, I feel in like. In the comics, Flash Thompson becomes Agent anti-venom um and so maybe we get agent anti-venom who is like peter has to fight him but then maybe that's where venom comes in or maybe i get maybe and maybe also you we know bring in scorpion because scorpion's still out there they still haven't used the actor <laughs> the scorpion's in in prison though doesn't matter we can find a way to write him you know we can find a way. yeah I did when we get to it. I did want to talk about what an actual Sinister Six would look like now, because I don't think it'll have these current characters that we got in this one. You know, I don't think it'll have them. We had six. Just one of them. I don't. I'm talking about like if (laughs) there were six. There were six villains. One of them just stayed at the bar the whole movie. Yeah, Venom. Venom was just at the bar the whole movie. He's gonna be the sixth one. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, was there anything you wanted to say about MJ and Ned that we? Oh, I kind of did. I kind of just interacted with you. Yeah. I didn't have much to really like. They were good, um, but I don't think they're the story of this movie in that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But yeah, next up is a uh, Doctor Strange and Wong, but you added Wong to this. Yes, I did because I want. I just wanted to remind myself that <laughs> I like how I like that Wong is now the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, I don't. I'll tell you why. Yeah, uh, it makes okay. me feel like he's gonna die. <laughs> it makes me feel like they're gonna kill him so that way Doctor Strange can become the Sorcerer Supreme again, and that is not something I want to have happen. That is the only reason why I'm like. Ugh. That feels like a death warrant to me, me being told he's the Sorcerer Supreme, you know? Oh, I I think it it allows Doctor Strange to be killed, if, but you never know. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and Doctor Strange, like... I liked, I liked him in this film, but also, he still agreed... To do the spell. I mean, he's a jerk. That's not like you know. Like he's like, he's a jerk. And then that's always how he is. He, like, like he agreed to do the spell, and then he was like, "Peter, this is all your fault." And I'm like, "You enabled him." Like, yeah, it is. It is mostly Peter's fault, but also you enabled him. You know. See, yeah, I kind of like that about Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Strange being a jerk is always like an interesting dynamic to have. Uh. And, like, it's kind of like how in Infinity War, I really like his dynamic with Tony because he's the first person to ever tell Tony he's an idiot. Uh, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, I think he's cool. Uh, I think the movie very smartly shoes him out quickly, like, halfway through. And it's like, there you go. Yeah. Stay, stay out of this movie for a bit. Uh, even though they do just repeat the line from Ragnarok when he comes back, which is kind of annoying. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't like he's fine. I like Ben to Cumberbatch. I think my comment is about John Watts really is that the only time this movie looks visually interesting is when they just take the sequence from Doctor Strange One and places it in the middle of it. Yeah. Which uh I think that more uh says a lot about John Watts than it says anything about Doctor Strange, you know? So I don't know, like there there were there were two other shots like I think the the fight between I liked the fight between Doc Ock and Spider-Man. I liked that that one um and I liked the scene where it's raining ju- it's just after Aunt May's death and it's raining and Peter's looking up at this big screen of uh, JJJ. I don't know. It's talking about how Spider Man's a criminal. I got very like cyberpunky vibes. Not the video game. To me, but, they both both those sequences know. look just way too crisp. Compare them to not even the Raimi movies, because of course, to me, like everything you compare to the Raimi movies, the Raimi movies are going to probably look better. But compare them to the web movies, and like in particular, one thing I think of is that I think it's meant to be a reference to Amazing Spider Man. It's during the third act, the lizard goes into the um, science lab, right? And he fights a little bit in there, and I, 
Like, yeah. compare how that looks to how the same sequence looks in Amazing Spider-Man. I don't think Amazing Spider-Man is a good movie, but I think it visually looks more interesting in that scene than that bit does there. Uh, mm, I think gotcha. it just looks very lazily shot constantly. But anyway, gotcha. um, that's kind of like, I don't know. Like, I think Doctor Strange is fine. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have much to say about him, really. I'm like, uh, he's in the movie, so we should probably talk about him. But I think he's probably gotcha. the least interesting part about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Aunt May. Well, uh, next. Aunt yeah. May is interesting to talk about because Aunt May finally has a role. Yes. Uh, in this movie after being just literally jokes about how she's hot in the last two. And of course, with Alfred Molina being Doc Ock, we have to get another joke about how she's hot in this movie. But like, yeah. Anyway, uh, beyond beyond the, the Doc Ock flirting with her scene, she actually like has a role here to uh, like mentor Peter. And we are eventually revealed that she's meant to be the Uncle Ben to Tom Holland's Peter. Which yeah. I think works pretty well, even though I would say the scene where they outright make that subtext, subtext air quotes, because it is pretty obvious, text, uh, that's the scene that reminds me most of Spider-Verse, which is the scene where they all say, like, oh, I lost someone, too. I lost someone, too. And it's like, all right, this is essentially the exact same scene. But that's not Aunt May's fault, you know? That's not, that's, that's not on Aunt May. Uh, I liked her delivering the line. Actually, let's play a game, Tyler. There were okay. three moments of this movie where I got misty-eyed, and all of them had to do with an individual Spider-Man. I want you to guess which each moment was for each Spider-Man. Um, it's going to be one of them for Andrew Garfield is going to be when he talks about losing Gwen Stacy on the rooftop. No, incorrect. No. Is it after he saves MJ yes. from falling? 100% yeah. that, yes. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that was more of the setup for that moment. Um, and then uh, for Tom Holland, it was was it when he lost Aunt May? It's it's the with great power comes great responsibility, and then her dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, for Toby, huh? Toby's is tough. Um, Toby is the one that's a little tough to figure out. Give me a hint on that one. Uh. Is it's not the one with him and Sandman? No, is it? No, it's. Uh, I'll just tell you because it's really hard to guess. Is um okay? It's the one time the Raimi theme actually really plays in the movie, and it's when he's talking. When to he's Auk. talking about Uncle Ben. No, he's talking to Ock. It's when he's talking oh, okay. to Ock, and Ock just like saved his life, and it's like he's yeah. seeing a ghost, and he's like Otto, it's great to see you, and it's like yeah, and he's like Peter, and like it's. Just, it really got me, you know, like to see these guys years later uh, and how much it meant to both those characters to see each other again and the way they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just forgot to me anyway. Um, but Aunt May, um, I do think it's mostly her last scene that makes her really great in this. But like, yeah, uh, she's the fact that she has a role is pretty exciting to me is the way I put it. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I and like with her being the one to say that infamous line, I'm I'm totally okay <laughs> wait, with Wait, before you go on this point, I'm sorry, I just thought, uh did you have the same reaction I did when they uh the three Spider Men are talking about what great power comes with responsibility and Garfield goes back, 
with great responsibility. Like, what? I was like, you don't know that. That's not what Uncle Ben said to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did, I did think, like, he he only talked about Gwen State. He, he mentions Uncle Ben. Yeah. But, like, once. But most of the time, he just kept talking about Gwen Stacy and Gwen Stacy and Gwen Stacy. And I'm like, yeah, they're they're gonna keep the uh, Uncle Ben shot first moment. <laughs> they're gonna they're not gonna talk it's about accurate. it. So sorry, but what were you gonna say about Aunt May? Uh, oh, being- I was just gonna say that like that moment was the fact that like she was impaled, and I think at first it was like the adrenaline kicked in, and it's like. Oh, I'm fine. You know, like after you get injured, um, like after I I have broken so many bones, but after I broke my foot, I knew that it was broke, but I had a, just a rush of adrenaline to, you know, your body is instantly trying to like instantly responding to it. And uh, and like I like, yeah, it was it it was sore. It hurt. But it was just like this adrenaline of I've got to get myself to, you know, to the hospital. And like I broke it. I was riding, riding a horse and the horse got spooked um, and kicked, you know, bucked me off. And I went pretty high up in the air and then landed solely on that one foot. Um, and then uh, but yeah, so like my response to it was like, even though I'm in pain, I'm. I've got to make sure that I've got an objective, you know, I've got to get myself to the hospital so we can get this thing looked at. Um, and with Aunt May, her objective there was, I think she knew there was more going on than what, you know, what had happened. But she was like, I've just got to make sure that Peter is safe and I've got to make sure that he knows everything. Because it's not like she could see the future. You know, she was just being there. It was a selfless make, sh- you know, being there for for Peter, being everything Peter needed in that moment. And it's uh, definitely something where to me, when she says the line, you go, oh, she's doomed. She's dead. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Hey. When, when she said the line, I was like, there's no coming back. Uh. And and like. She's like, I just, I just, I just need to catch my breath. And I'm like, yeah, no, she's, she's dead. <laughs> she's, she's dying, but it was delivered so well. And they spent like just enough time in that moment. They didn't rush away from it, you know? And, and it's just, uh, which actually leads into another payoff moment for the, for Toby Maguire later on on in the film when Toby stops Peter from killing Green Goblin, you know, and he says, like, I hunted down the guy who I thought had killed my Uncle Ben, and I thought it would make it better, but it didn't. But then the movie and... never mentions that it was salmon, which I'm okay with. But I, I, right. I like that they say, when he says thought, you go like, okay, so we're keeping that retcon, you know, like, that we thought yeah. it was Uncle Ben's killer. <laughs> yeah, at first I was like, so are they just going to keep... The Green Goblin and Uncle Ben stuff from the Amazing Spider-Man films, along with all of Spider-Man Three, like is there, all that stuff just going to be a like it, it didn't really happen? But then they just straight up call it out. I fought an alien that was black. No, goo. no, no. There is <laughs> one thing. There is one line that I hate in the movie, uh, but it's what I definitely mean by inconsistency. If we had a worse moment, it'd be this line because it's played as a joke, mm. and I hate it. Is 
Toby says, uh, my best, I uh, fought my best friend. Uh, he tried to kill me and he, he died uh, trying to kill me or kill me. Or something. I'm like, that's not true. You guys fought back to back and he sacrificed himself for you. Like, don't yeah. make a joke out of this. And I got real, and I, I got mad at the writing. I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. This is like, what, Peter would never make a joke about Harry dying. Never. Mm. Like, I thought it was funny the way Ned re- like reacted. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was funny, but yeah. But um, the question is, is the joke worth betraying the character that much? I don't think so. The mm, joke is not funny gotcha. enough to be worth it. Uh, yeah. Because that's not what happened. Like, we know that's not what happened. <laughs> it it would have been funny if he would have been in the middle of, like, explaining my friend tried to kill me. And and then Ned just immediately like leaves or like just walks away mm-hmm. like zoned out just yeah. ignoring everything that Toby's that saying. Would work better, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, so what about uh, J. Jonah Jameson? Uh, I he's surprisingly not in the movie much. Uh, yeah. I also would say that there's a missed opportunity that Toby never comments on him. Uh, yeah. Very like the especially not, since yeah. it was his former boss. Yeah, and they look exactly the same. Like like I saw a lot of people like there should have been libraries. Just like of all the people that look the same here. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, like that guy. <laughs> um, and then and then we could have got like an Andrew. Like oh, I got emails for him. <laughs> we could have got something I mean, there. Yeah, I, I was upset the emails weren't mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> um I also think okay I want to I want to pitch this thing to you that we'll never get which is uh I actually think it's a missed opportunity in a sense to bring back JK Simmons even though I like him. Um cuz mm-hmm. I think there are other actors who could do a defining JJ Jameson. I want to give you the fan casting I have for both Amazing Spider-Man's and for Tom Holland's before we got JK Simmons. Now, okay. For Amazing Spider-Man, the rumor at the time which I still think would have been really cool was Jim Carrey. Uh, making a comeback as J.K. Uh, as J. Jonah Jameson, I think he would have really killed that role, uh, and made it, it. Even though people would be like Simmons was still better, I think Carrie would have still been distinct enough. And my choice for uh, J.K. Uh, for J. Jonah Jameson for the MCU movies would have been Matthew McFadden. McFadden, yeah, it's not McFadden. I don't know why I'm saying it wrong. Matthew McFadden from Succession, uh, who's the guy? If you remember when Mark was on, we were talking about how Mark looks exactly like him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, are you googling him right now? I'm guessing. Uh, but he, no, no, I know. I know who you're talking okay, yeah, about. I, I'm. Yeah, he would be my choice. Because uh, I remember people were like talking about they should get Hugh Laurie, but I think Hugh Laurie is too obvious. Because uh, he would just do mm. J.K. Simmons. You know what I mean? He would just do J.K. Simmons. Whereas I yeah. think both Carrie and McFadden could bring their own take on the role. That said, do I like that J.K. Simmons is here? Sure. I hope he has a. Bigger role in the sequels. <coughs> Bring in Scorpion, please, and have them thankful him, please. <coughs> Thank you. Um, I, I, I did like at first. I was kind of like, like, I was, I was like, this movie's a little like. JJJ makes this movie feel a little overcrowded. However, I think just having this always like this omnipresent Greek chorus figure. That's just do what? He's like a Greek chorus in a way. He's like Spider-Man. Yes, and I, I'm like, I'm like, I really I I'm kind of digging. I'm digging that. And yeah, we're getting more into into 
like the traditional Spider-Man, Spider-Man, you know, where it, we're, we're getting more towards an everyman Spider-Man now. And with J. Jonah Jameson being there, just the constant, just cigar in my mouth. Like I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I sure. Think- I don't know if the character will be any bigger than that, though. Like, I think, I don't, I don't think me, Peter would go work of, for him. The ideal thing with know? J.K. Simmons could be if he they were allowed to bring him into other movies and the other Marvel mm. movies and have him be like a character that just pops up everywhere. But I don't know if the yeah. Sony would let that. And the other thing I'd say about uh, J. Jonah Jameson is that I think there was a miss uh, a hint here that I was really hoping would happen and it didn't. Which is that, you know, he gives the announcement that we're going to have a fight on the Statue of Liberty, right? You know? Uh, yeah. So, I wish that uh, we'd gone and got J. Joan Jameson there to report on it. And we'd get, like, this could be the end of Spider-Man. Again. Like, you know, like I was really <laughs> yes. expecting, like, a newscaster yes. finale. Because, you know, Amazing Spider-Man has that, too. So, like, we, we got to reference both of them and just bring it back. I'd be okay with or, that. Because we had, we had kind of an evolution... Where in Amazing Spider-Man three, they they were like, "This could be the end of Spider-Man," and then in the Amazing Spider-Man, they're like, "I don't know if he'll make it." <laughs> and then in this one, it could have been like, <laughs> right? Like it, on this one, it could have been place your bets now on Daily Bugle. Which one of these villains are gonna kill him? Which one's gonna do it? Yeah, which who's gonna kill who? Like it, we could have just had a nice evolution there, yeah. but yeah, um. Yeah, so what about uh, Doc Ock? Ah, we move into the villains. Uh, I'll say yeah. this about Ock. Um, the de-aging on him is significantly better than anyone else in this movie. Even though there's only one other person in the movie that has the de-aging. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I liked his role, even though I do think at points he was a little... I think he was more out of character than um, Norman ever was. Uh, I think the character's written a little too aggressively from where he is in mm. um, Spider-Man 2. Uh, but that said, when he's redeemed from that point on in the movie, I was so excited, you know? I really liked his role. Because yeah. um, that's the Molina I remember from Spider-Man 2. And it's also just nice to see yes. Molina in another blockbuster like this, too. Yeah. Uh, I also yeah. thought their fight was pretty good, even though I don't think it's visually very interesting at all. Uh, but the mm-hmm. fight was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't like it was a good fight. Uh, and it was cool to see him again. Uh, yeah, I like I like when uh, during the Statue of Liberty fight when he grabs the two Spider Men and then he grabs Electro. Like I like that that moment. That was like the like yes, this is what we wanted to see in Spider Man Two, but we couldn't because of the circumstances. You know, of the climax. I think there, it's funny but that we like, finally got it here. Uh, the ending of the movie. They're like, all these heroes are going to have happy endings now. They're fixed. But Ock is still screwed. <laughs> like, he, he's still got to deal with the, the the nuclear fusion thing, you know, working. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably still going to die. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then Norman Osborn going back. Like, well, he would have to jump. No, 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 no. The glider. They, they took him before. Or, the end. They took him. I don't know when he comes out, but the thing is, if you remember in that end fight, the mask is already broken. And oh, that's Spider-Man true. Won. It is. Yeah. So it, he hadn't yeah. been taken before then. True. Uh, what I will say about uh, Ock and uh, 
the I forgot my point. I'm sorry. I forgot. I think it's really interesting though, just the idea of these characters actually like remembering the past. Because the Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies are very like like when Sandman says like this guy died like two years ago and this guy died too, you know, of course they yeah. would think this, but it's also like Alfred Molina, like Doc Ock never really mentions Norman in amazing spider and in, in Spider-Man two stuff like that, you know? Right. Like, yeah. So like, well, I think he, I think he mentions he like, he's mentions like your father things to like Harry. Yeah. yeah. I think he mentions, he mentions things to Harry, but that's about, about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can buy the two knowing each other because, like, when you get down to it, big names in the field of science and tech, like, the field, the field narrows down, you know, in names, uh, you know, as to who's who really in that, especially with, in, like, with regional who's who for that. I think, like, Doc Ock and Norman Osborn knowing each other is uh pretty well no no i I believe it i believe i'm not saying that i'm saying it's just it's one of those things where it's kind of like when i said earlier when toby entering into this aesthetic it's kind of weird that these characters to be like yeah of course i know about you because it's just not really the tone of the ringing movies that it would acknowledge yeah yeah um gotcha so but i mean it's not an issue with the movie it's just me being like oh yeah of course Gotcha. It's what happens yeah. when you have these characters set in your mind, those iterations of them for literally a decade. And then when you finally get them there and together, it's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense these would interact like this, even if I never imagined it. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I like, I like Doc Ock in this one. I like that they didn't, didn't just make him bad the whole time because he's like like i said in our review of spider-man 2 which by the way listeners if you've not heard it please go back and check it out you should probably check um, out all of our spider-man ones honestly yes go back on the spider journey don't skip spider-man 77 because you have to see it to know things going on in no way home yeah definitely uh disclaimer you don't but it's better um so it's better to know um so Maybe, hey, maybe we'll get a Nicholas Hammond and Reeve Carney Spider-Verse team-up. Probably not. You could see. I, I think it could very well happen in Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah? I, I think it, uh, I'd be very... Honestly, I'm at the point where I'd be very surprised if Reeve Carney isn't in those movies. If it is, I, I, mm. I, I'm confu- I'll be extremely confused by Phil Lord and Chris Miller and the team they have assembled if uh, Reeve Carney isn't invited into it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like I felt like they played they played his character. His character felt like an exact continuation of Spider-Man 2. So, I uh, I I disagree entirely. Well, not entirely to a degree because yeah. I think it is a little too aggressive. And I also think I kind of mentioned it earlier, him floating with Aunt May is weird considering that in the world of Spider-Man 2, he just lost his wife like a month ago. Stuff like that. I must have missed. I must have missed that part. It was when I, 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 maybe I left, I'm crazy because I came I back in it. from the bathroom and all I did was look at the screen and I saw Aunt May going like, "Are you thirsty?" And he's like, "You could call it thirst." And I thought that's what that was about. I was like, <laughs> and I just kept walking. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it wasn't in there, but I'm. I thought it was that. <laughs> that's that's some like old man creeper vibes. That's, yeah, and that's not Doc Ock. You know, that's not the Doc no, Ock. No, it's I get not. In, uh, 
That's like a that's like a Green Goblin influenced Norman Osborn. Norman is cool. Let's move. On. No, I'm kidding. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I I think he's. He's fantastic. I think he's I, fantastic, but I also think besides Electro, he's probably the most that feels like a different character to me. But yeah. I'm not negative on that necessarily. You know, uh, I I like that we got to see his face a lot more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's this, not what I mean. In yes, this one, that's good. I you I know, agree. very last Jedi move to smash his mask uh, and be like, "This is a new Green Goblin." You know. Um, yeah, a new goblin, perhaps you would call it. Uh, I thought, um, okay, so like by that I just mean there's a very obvious subtext of Defoe's performance where he's trying to play someone who is a. Uh, I feel like the word would be uh, dealing with some undefined, undefined mental illness, uh, mm-hmm. where he's scared of himself and how he'll act out, and I think yeah. that is. Um, Interesting and well acted, but I also don't think that depiction has much grounding in the original Spider-Man, which is more of a Jekyll and Hyde type of thing. Yes. Uh, but again, as I said, I'm not entirely opposed to it. I just think it's an interesting turn to take the character. Uh, I think Defoe acts really great with it. I do think, though, that the aging is much more distracting on Defoe than it is on Molina. Uh, and I think that's mm. mainly because Defoe has kept himself a working actor. Whereas Molina just kind of more pops up in things here and there nowadays. He's yeah. not as prolific as Defoe is. So to see this uh, kind of plastic face for Defoe, which kind of helps too. Because, you know, like it is, uh, it's the Green Goblin. So it's okay that he's a little creepy. But it did a little mm-hmm. throw me off at points. I also think, uh, and this kind of comes with all the legacy characters. Some of them have a bit of an issue really fitting with the MCU humor that the others do. I think Defoe in particular is like the moment where he's like packing donuts and my audience was laughing, but I was just kind of like, why is he doing that? Like, because yeah. he's like the thing that the real issue with Norman's uh, characterization, which isn't with Defoe to me, is that it is, and it's not really with what I said about it being like clearly a trying to be like a mentally ill depiction of it. Uh, it's more that I think Norman throughout all of Spider-Man 1, even when he is scared of the goblin inside of him, has an element of, like, I don't want to say class to him, but he's rich, mm-hmm. you know? like And the idea that he would come to the shelter and just stuff himself with donuts when he's being, like, a sober, like, he's soberly Norman, that made no sense to me. And I get that it's, like, a joke, but it's a joke that isn't really even that funny, you know? It just kind of betrayed gotcha. the character to me. Uh, and See, I, 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 I realize that, that I'm, I'm realizing right now that on this podcast I'm gonna be like, this isn't my, this isn't my dog dog, this isn't my green dog. I'm sounding like a, like a total like obnoxious YouTuber, but I'm just explaining like this is why this movie felt a little off to me at points, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. I I did in that moment I didn't pick him up as being true Norman. I took it up as Green Goblin. Well, I took it up as Green Goblin being in control though, we, the whole time. What goblins? But still and he was. I think, see, I don't think he would. I think him trying to give the appearance of he's a guy who really needs help. You know, like, he's like, oh, I really need need help because that's what appeals to Aunt May and Peter. You know, uh, yeah, in the to, moment, you yeah. know, help someone in need. If you have the ability to help someone in need, 
Yeah. I buy but I, I yeah. It is it is weird. No, I get what you're saying that it's it's weird that he's pocketing donuts. Yeah, I yeah. buy that in the that characterization in the moment. The issue is is that he acts the exact same when he's in Doctor Strange's lair. And if he was the goblin at that moment and he's like, We're sending you back to die, you know he'd immediately lash out. And he doesn't. Uh mm. so like that's the reason why I don't I mean, it just feels weird to me. But I do think Defoe's really good. I think it's great how Defoe's able to be like brutal in this movie the way he still was in the Raimi movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one thing I do really think about is like when Peter's fighting him in the condo, he's just punching him in the face and he's just laughing more and more every time he gets punched in the face. Uh, it's just great yeah. Defoe stuff. Um, no, I think Defoe's good here. And I think Norman, outside of the parts that made me quibble, which I probably given more airtime to than what I liked. Uh, he was good. He was good. Um, definitely a top three performance in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've got Electro Lizard and Sandman. I think we can which, talk about them all at once. You know, like, yeah, that, I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I'm not blue. Yeah. I <laughs> do what? I'm not blue. I want, uh, yeah, he's he actually said it in the movie. I was like, okay. <laughs> I started laughing so hard when Electro intro and we got the dubstep. Of all the times yes. for Giacchino to blare the old theme, <laughs> it was when Electro came in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it, it came back, and like, I'm a fan of the Electro dubs, dubstep. I think it's funny. I think it's very 2014. It's extremely yes, that, it is. <laughs> and uh, it's so, like it blared and I was like, oh, we brought that back. And I don't remember it coming back anymore after that. <laughs> um, I was kind of I was kind of disappointed that Lizard didn't. He was still looking like that Super Mario Brothers oh. goober gomper. Gom- is it? I don't remember what it is. Um, but looking like one of those, um, and then Sand Sandman was all right. We got that payoff, you know, where it's like I think, uh, hey, I'll hey, I'll help you get so back to being better. Obvious but, that Thomas Hayden Church and Racy Fiends were never on set. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the reason why this bothers me more than anything is that Electro gets a moment where he says, "I guess electricity works differently in this universe," and they didn't think to give a line like that to Sandman. Because he's randomly sand the whole movie, which is not how his powers work. Like, mm. you could easily just be like, I guess the minerals and sand work different here or something like that, too. Or, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it makes really, or, like... Or a classic line they could have borrowed from Star Wars. I hate sand. It's coarse and it's rough and it gets in places. Surprised Peter didn't say Danny, that. Danny's looking like that. at me like, he do what? Surprised I didn't give Peter a line like that because we know he's a huge Star Wars fan in the universe, you know. Yeah, yeah. Those old Star, those old movies. You know, I do think Church is the very Empire good. Strikes this. Back. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. I think compared to the other two we're talking about now, I think he easily stands out among the three. If just because he's more of an anti-hero, uh, throughout yeah. the whole thing, like he really just like I just want to see my daughter. I don't care about being cured. I'm sand. Who cares? You know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna die. Um, like, I wasn't fighting anyone when I was back in my universe. I'm fine. I like, I like that Electro. Okay, so I did think when Electro and Andrew had their moment together, I I was like, 
tell him happy birthday. Tell him happy birthday. Well, and we didn't was, get though, that moment. Not necessarily his birthday, but he didn't remember Max's name. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty happy about that. But, I was like, he should have been like, you remember my name. I'm just talking to you. Do you remember my name? <laughs> Do you remember when my birthday is? And he's like, uh. also, also, they said they, when they first talked about Electra, they were like, Electra, and they're like, uh, they were like, yeah, he fell fell into a vat of eels. And I, I looked at Felicia and I was like, that's the exact way that I described Electro to you. Well, that's the, <laughs> on the, the best, podcast. Last I think the week. best Toby joke he gets in the whole movie is like when like uh, Garfield just goes to him. He's like, yeah, Electro, he fell into a vat of eels. And he goes, I'll do it. Like that, that was like the yeah. best Toby yes. joke. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like these three very smartly, I think the focus is never really on them. But yeah. I think also of all these villains, the reason why they work is more like how they bounce off each other when they're talking. Like mm-hmm. they do all have very distinct personalities, with the exception of Lizard, uh, and they all do a good job of it. Yeah. I I do wish that uh Toby's Spider-Man would have been like Doc Connors. Like he would have had some type of recognition. Yeah. Well, there. I think in general, yeah. I wish the Toby and Andrew stuff was more. It's it's a it's a mix. It's a catch twenty two type of thing where it's like I wish they were more yeah. involved in this movie, but I also understand that, um, they're pretty much kept out of the movie as long as they possibly can be. So like, yeah, when they do show up, it's exciting, but we don't necessarily get everything we want. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and speaking yeah. of Andrew and Toby. Let's finally break down the return of the Spider-Man. Uh, so, I'm going to be very blunt here. Is that Andrew Garfield showed up in this movie and immediately proved to everyone that he's the best actor to play Spider-Man. Not that he's the best Spider-Man, but he's the best mm-hmm. actor to play Spider-Man. Mm. His performance in this, despite being so short, is what I have been thinking about since I saw it on Thursday. And we're recording on Sunday. Uh, yeah. To me, I just think constantly about like the little jokes he has here, uh, his like expressions, and of course his face after he saves MJ. That is what makes that scene so devastating to me is that he can't even believe yes. he did it. Uh, but or even like him being like, "I love you guys," and like it's so genuine, and everyone else is just disarmed by how genuine that is. Um, I legitimately think Andrew Garfield, and this will be the hot take I drop. Next week, probably too, is that I think he probably gives the best performance in a Marvel movie this year. Yes, mm. I'm saying that I think I like him more than I like Tony Leung and Shang Chi, which is saying so much because mm. Tony Leung is Tony Leung is a better actor than Andrew Garfield. That's a fact. Uh, but I think yeah. Garfield is able to like pull out the emotion from those movies and his own probably experience with Spider-Man in the mixed bag it was mm-hmm. to create a very distinct Peter Parker from the other two. And the thing with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man also is like, since it was so quippy, it fits right in with the MCU aesthetic. Uh, yeah. And I think the movie very much knows that he was considered the lame Spider-Man, uh, but it respects his movies and his characterization so well. Uh, I honestly think my opinion on it is, uh, I know you don't pay attention to award stuff, but like people were talking about before this movie came out that Ben De Cumberbatch being in it could boost visibility for his movie. But my feeling after seeing this is that people are going to watch 
tick, tick, boom, because Garfield's going to be nominated for it. And then see this and be like, man, he really does pour himself into everything. And it will help him. Yeah. Be, like, I, I legitimately yeah. think that this is, I think he stands out from this movie easily the most of everyone. And just because he hasn't been in a mainstream project where he steals the show like he does here. Yeah. When he said in the film, when he says like, he, he's talking about the three Spider-Man come together and he's like, this is the best moment of my life. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like that, like it feels genuine. It feels like that is Andrew Garfield being just he's so whole, psyched like, that he gets to finally like, be in a good Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I'm the one, yeah. One, I'm in a good Spider-Man film, and then two, I am in the first live-action Spider-Verse film, and, and I'm one of the Spider-Men. You know, like that. Yeah, was, I, it, I just, I got excited for him. You know, I think I mentioned with, with earlier, but the scene where the two of them are just telling him how they deal with, like, because Tom isn't there. It's just Toby and Andrew mm-hmm. talking about back pain. I like got emotional there because I was just like, oh my God, these two are here. They're together and they're literally helping each other like with back yeah. pain. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh, and it's just, I was so happy to see Andrew finally getting the props he deserves. And I hope this is something I've seen people speculate and I agree with it too. I think the line about him saying, I want to fight an alien could imply that yeah. they want to bring yeah. him in to spunk because mm-hmm. the end credits of this movie very much imply that Venom will Tom Hardy's Venom will not be interacting with Tom Holland. But I think if Garfield's willing to, I could also see him not wanting to. You know, I think in a way that he's never going to get a better send off to the world than this was. But I'm willing yeah. to bet that if he's like, yeah, I want to play Spider Man more, so he'll be like, yeah, let's just he put said, him in the Venom movies. He said he's uh, he's open for more Spider Man opportunities. Well, okay. He has he has said that. So, well, I I would love to so, see. I him. mean brought into the venom movies. yeah um yeah i i would too i would honestly be fine like you would pitch this um a while back um that you had a theory that andrew garfield spider-man would be the spider-man of the sasu yeah. of the sony spider-man universe whatever it's called um formerly known as spunk um but yeah, I would be I would be totally fine with Andrew Garfield being being the Spider-Man of of that. Like an Andrew Garfield Tom Hardy film. Oh yeah, I, I love it. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. They Heck had yeah. to act in the movie together because they're both like British people around the same time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking uh for a text that you sent me a while ago. Because I want to mention it on okay. the show. But what do you want to say about do you have anything else you want to say about uh, Andrew, do you want to move on to Toby? Well, I look. Um, this. I'm good to move on. I'm good to move on to Toby. All right. Well, um, I think my favorite Toby moment is in the. It's in the science. It's in the science lab, and uh, just. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just he's he's like I've got a job to do. I'm getting it done, and then Andrew's just kind of doing. <laughs> Doing his well, spider, I think you're, spacey you're, Spider-Man I things. I think you you're know. jumping a little ahead on Toby to me. Is that I would like to talk about Toby's entrance in a sense. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, yeah. Where he doesn't wear the Spider-Man suit. He. Uh, oh, and he looked. Oh, I love the comment. What? <laughs> do you have a suit? Did you bring a suit with you, or do you always look like my a audience popped at that, preacher? My audience <laughs> so popped at the reveal of the like the suit under him. 
Uh, I think the movie is very weirdly a. Uh, it it has some moments that feel like it's missing, but particularly like Toby, I feel like has two big reveals that are set up that never happen in the movie. One of them being yeah. like a big reveal of the Raimi suit, which you never get. It's just always in like the moving shots. Uh, but I also mm. feel like it keeps talking about he's like it's complicated, things worked out, and I feel like it's setting up an epilogue where it's revealed he has a kid. Uh, and we never get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also read, I, I saw a good point that one way that they could have just made it subtly better is just to have him wearing a wedding ring in all the scenes uh, and just have it not be brought attention to. Um, yeah. Or even have it be brought attention to where like, they're talking about like how things don't work out. And he's like, oh, you never know. And it's like just a shot of his hand. You know? Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that would have been really cool. Because uh, I think, I do think it's implied heavily that he is, more often, I think that's what's meant to be like, you know, because Andrew's one is like he became Spider-Man full time and stopped pulling his punches. Whereas uh, Toby comes in dressed as like a, a civilian and it's like, oh, no, I'm doing fine. You know, like he seems like he's doing totally fine. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I do think and I said this already. I don't think Toby melds as well with the MCU style as Andrew. Yeah, does. I don't think so either. Yeah, but it's kind of OK because his characterization is very clearly meant to be like old experienced Spider-Man, whereas Andrew's still figuring it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think he's good. I think it's very cool to see him, but I do think it's crazy that Andrew Garfield totally overshadows the two of them to me. I would never have expected that with this movie, you know? Gotcha. My question is, where was Dennis Leary? He was all over Amazing Spider-Man 2, and now He should have been the post-credits scene. Should have been the post. Should have just just a flash of like a cigarette burn, just a flash of Dennis Leary. Yeah, uh, I do want to bring back because I, I told you I'd eventually get back to this. Is in our intro, I said we need to wait to open the Christmas to get our presents, uh, to open your presents. You have to wait for Christmas to open them. And I want to point out uh, something Tyler texted me uh, last week because I sent to him. Uh, it's crazy to think that we are one week away from seeing Toby and Andrew. Hopefully. And you replied to me that you said, uh, I still have my doubts, which is souring me towards this movie, move Sony. Uh, I want to know what you think about that. For me, for me, my thing was like, I just like, I don't know. It was kind of like I expected them to be in the film and I don't, I don't know. It was just kind of like you're playing coy Sony and you think that you're saving up for this big reveal, but the reveal wasn't big for me. I would have been like, I was super hype about this film, but I would have been more hype for this film if they would have given me like a line or a glimpse, I, just one shot. I you just know? totally disagree. Cause I, I and I bring this up because I bring uh, Reese Afins gave an interview like five days before the movie opened because never hear your church were at the premiere. And someone asked him finally, like, wait, so are you in this movie or not? And his response was, although I think this is funny because it's about the lizard, so it's really not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, well, you know, like most Christmas presents, it's best not to know what's in them until you open them. And I feel like that is what the marketing was that Sony did and Marvel did. Uh, and I saw a tweet that I'm going to read right now, a portion of, that it reminds me of Christmas as a kid where you know the big presence is in Nintendo. 100%, you really have no doubt but you still can't open it and you don't entirely know it's if it really is there. 
And that is basically what the marketing for this movie was. Because to me, I, I knew, I was pretty much 100% sure that, like, you know, Toby and Andrew were in the movie. So that was when, when they popped up, I was just like, ah, it's actually happening and we're here. And there they are. And not knowing, like, not knowing what suit Andrew was going to wear. Or not knowing, like, what Toby's actual role would be. And then when they show up, I was just so psyched. Even though I'm pretty sure, like, I knew they were going to be there. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think the marketing, honestly, ultimately was brilliant. Um, and I hope they keep them out of the marketing until after Christmas. Because I really, it was just so. They're not on, they're not on IMDb yet. They're on so... Wikipedia, though. Oh, yeah, they're on the Wikipedia page because they're yeah. built. They are built, obviously. So they got to be on the Wikipedia. True. Um, yeah. But I ultimately am pretty happy with the marketing they did uh, because and it's also not really like it is also has to do with the role they have. If they were in the movie more, I'd be like, yeah, they should be in the marketing. But the fact is, they probably don't show up until about 90 minutes in. You know, that's a lot of movie. It's a lot yeah. of movie till they show up. Um, mm-hmm. So. The fact that they come in after the lowest moment of the film, like, you know, with Aunt May dying, and you get this scene first with Zendaya and MJ, MJ and Ned, like, Zendaya, it's two Zendayas, uh, no, MJ and Ned, uh, like, goofing off a little bit beforehand so you can get used to the tone. They're like, oh, let's just get Spider-Man here. And then they just reveal it the way they do. Oh, I loved it. It was so exciting. Uh, mm. I love my audience cheering for it. And... Even if they, even if I was in a dead crowd like you, I probably would have been like peeing my pants. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> let's be real. Uh, but yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to our general points where you didn't put anything in. So maybe you'll have something to say. I don't know. Uh, this is probably the project I've seen most where it was so obvious it was shot during COVID. And part of this is probably because of John Watts not having a visual style. But there are many moments where it's clear they did not have many actors in the same scene. Like, in particular, I think that there are moments where all three of the Spider-Man are there, and it's just a close-up on Toby, it's just a close-up on Andrew, and it's like, oh man, they definitely weren't on the set at the same time. Which makes the moments when they do interact even more special, you know, and they're all definitely yeah. there. But it's kind of a mm-hmm. bummer. Uh, and then, obviously, the lack of Church or Ethan's actually being in the film. Although, with... Reezy Fins, it's not as bothersome because it's not like the lizard turns back to human effort when he's the lizard. But with the salmon, right. it's definitely like, okay, yeah, you weren't here, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a little bit of a disappointment there. Uh, but it's also a thing where it's like, it's a disappointment, but I don't know how you work around it, you know, because COVID being COVID. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think... I think they did the most like now that I've put it under examination, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I can see that. But they I think they did the best job they could with making the film not like making the film work with the circumstances. In particular, I, I wonder if there is and I, I I guess I'd have to like scroll, scroll for the DVD to find it. I'm curious if there's even a shot with like Norman and Doc Ock together, you know? I'm curious. I, I can't think of one in my head where they'd be in the same. Yeah, planet. I don't know. And like, that's kind of weird because they do interact a lot in the movie, but I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they were never on set together. Um, which says a lot to both Melina and Defoe's acting. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think structurally this movie is a bit of a mess, uh, but not in a bad way. Uh, Cause the best parts of it is where it's just like Spider-Man, uh, uh, Spider-Friends, like, you know, like MJ, Ned and Peter, 
or the villains or all of them just hanging out. I think it's best when it ignores the plot and it just lets them talk. Mm. Just kind of like what Avengers, the best Avengers movies are too, you know? Uh, yeah. Just hanging yeah. out. So. You don't have anything to add? Wow, Tyler. No, I don't have I don't have anything to add. You, you, to leave, add me, you to. leave me hanging. Uh, Wait. What? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, those are pretty like I think the best moments for me are when the when the spider friends are all or the spider men are yeah. like talking and just like having this big just like there you can just feel the excitement in God, in oh, those moments such and a surreal moment though to me so, i'm glad that we yeah. take that time you know to really sit in in those moments there's a line in this which even though obviously it has to be in here because it's a movie but if you told me when iron man came out a year after spider-man 3 that at some point i would hear tobey Maguire say who are the avengers i would have been like what and then it also has the great like yeah. the great follow up like is that a band are you in a band from Andrew yeah. Garfield yes <laughs> he's just so psyched like, that this Peter Parker is in a band he's just like he's just like <laughs> like I love how like Tom Holland's like I'm gonna pull out the Avengers card on him and then they're just like that's great who are they <laughs> yeah I and I also like that I I like that there are. Uh, there are other universes where there may just be one superhero in that universe because by doing that you can technically say our universe is one of the many <laughs> you you know what i mean like it, it it incorporates your audience even further into the into your storytelling yeah which is and, like and uh i don't remember who was on yeah. our podcast he said that is like at one point they wanted like Ben Dekarovich and Tom Holland to just run through the theater in the middle of, the, of this movie. I, I think someone said that when they guessed on. I was like, "Could be really cool." They, no, they did. They I did. I can't remember who did, but like, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> like, that would that, that would have been funny. Yes, like just the screen goes black and then they run through, <laughs> and then and then it turns. Yeah, and then the film plays again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, that would have been. I am a, been funny. I am incredibly curious how this will go over with the kids who love Tom Holland Spider Man. I think this film does a really good job staying focused on his art, but I want to point out that you know I work with kids, and one of my oldest kids at work uh, has only to- told me he's only seen Far From Home and Into the Spider Verse because I think this film really does require at least a passing knowledge of the Raimi films to work. Uh, and moreover, if you've seen only those two films. It really is just a ripoff of Spider-Verse, but with two old Spider-Man you don't know about, you know? Like, I'm curious yeah. how... It, well, no, I'm curious how, like, Garfield and Maguire popping up even work to them, you know? Like... Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't think they're necessarily going to be worried about how it works. Like, I think it'll just be, oh, it's a bad guy. It, that's you not, know what I mean? Well, no, but that's like, not the point, though. I'm not even saying the bad guy. I'm saying Andrew McGuire, uh, Andrew McGuire and Toby Garfield. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like I'm saying, like these are just two old old Spider-Man. To them, they're probably interchangeable. Like, and particularly yeah, Garfield, it's yeah. like all this. It does spend a lot of time in the movie, all things considered, on him having an arc about coming in terms of Gwen and like finishing that off. Uh, and it's just like to them, it's like they'll be like. Okay, who's Gwen's like why why do I care about this old Spider-Man? You know? 
Uh, I mean, it's it's a good it's a good marketing move on Sony's part to uh, you gotta watch the old ones. Try and peak up a little bit bit of interest on that aren't available on, on your streaming older Spider-Man films. So you gotta buy them, right? <laughs> right. Hey, well, when does the Disney Sony deal go down? I imagine the deal will have to start once um, this is starting to go to home video. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure. It's supposed to start in 2022, but I'm willing to bet they'll get No Way Home. I'm, my guess would be around April. Try to get it on Disney mm-hmm. Plus by April along with all the other ones. Because also then it's right before Doctor Strange. Uh, so, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. No one knows when that deal actually starts. Yeah. Do we want to touch on the score? Or did we already touch on oh, the score? Oh, I think score? it's horrendous. I think it's absolutely terrible score. <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> but that, we can I liked it. I liked I liked it. I like that they pulled pulled some stuff from the other barely Spider Man themes. Barely anything. <laughs> I mean, barely anything. Yes, but I'm glad they pulled a little bit of it. And I mean, the score still reminds you that we are in a Tom Holland film. Yeah, sure. I'm. I I don't want this to come off as it's like, oh, Tyler's a Giacchino fanboy. No, I'm not. I like. And Danny and I have had this conversation. Ludwig Gorenson has the better MCU fanfare. Um, like no, Brian. You mean yeah. Brian Tyler? Brian Tyler. Brian Tyler. Yeah, yeah not Gorenson. Uh, Brian Tyler has the better MCU fanfare. I I'm not necessarily a fan of Giacchino's uh, stuff, but at least he gave a little bit of recognition for the other, like the Raimi. I, the Raimi Spider-Man theme playing over when Toby's talking about Uncle Ben, that was that was a good moment for me. I'll I'll always remember that. The part moment, I like you know? is more uh, when it's zooming into the school and you just hear the classic, you know, I mean, like the intro music to. Uh, yeah, I like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. I actually have something to talk about the score later. Spoiler alert, I give it an award. Uh, so we will, <laughs> I'll just wait to talk about that. And then let's talk about the two post-credit so scenes. So, the, the, yeah, that post-credit scene and trailer we got mid, at the end. Yeah. So yeah. I actually uh, really enjoy the mid-credit scene. I think it's a brilliant troll. Absolutely. like I think it is, too. I think it is, too. <laughs> and and that's what I said. That's what I said. Why I said earlier in my general thoughts that, like, this movie gave me it. Gave me more than what I thought I needed or less than what I thought I needed. And like I was wanting I was wanting a full out venom, you know, to show up and be running around doing stuff in this film. But I'm glad we're saving that. I'm glad we're saving that for later if it's going to happen. And yeah, I'm I'm glad that they that this mid credit scene left the possibility for future symbiote stuff to happen in the MCU. And I think the best, just the mid, the, just with a mid credit scene where they're like, you, so you had a guy who dressed up in an iron suit. And then you also had a guy that got big when he was angry named the Hulk. And then he's like, and that name is stupid. And then, uh, Venom's like, Venom's like, see, I told you, Lethal Protector wasn't as ridiculous, wasn't so ridiculous, and it's like, it's I, 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 I love that. I just like that. Yes. After this movie, everyone's expecting to see the setup for the next movie, but nope, we're gonna get Tom Hardy drunk on a bench. 
yes. <laughs> it's just like it's like oh yeah this is this is perfect for venom this is exactly what he deserves and they go and he just start disappearing and it's just all right well bye <laughs> yeah yeah i i i yeah that was that's got to be troll of the year uh definitely better than uh paul bettany's Wait till you see who's My the guest star. Who's the guest star? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the Doctor Strange trailer. Um, yeah, it looks I, good. I, it I looks like, like a good movie. Like, I like Mordo's beard. It looks like it looks like it's a good movie. Uh, Four is coming back. That's cool. The bill comes um, due next May. That should <laughs> be the tagline. The bill comes due. That should be the bill comes due next may 2022 um i still think it should have been a scene and they just had it where uh uh strange is walking up to we get we get that uh scene where strange is walking up to uh wanda and he's like wanda i need you to come with me something something multiverse and like we should have just got that i think that would have been the perfect in credit what, what scene. About the, what about the moment where they're like, hey, you know, what if it might be canon? So, like, isn't that the better scene to have in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, I... I hope that they don't make what if canon. Like I said earlier, keep your animation... Keep animation for the possibility of head canon. Uh, like... Except for the fact if that uh, Spider Verse is a better film than any of these. <laughs> anyway, we we forgot to mention the actual best post credit scene, which is the uh, giant thank you to Avi Arad that covers I the saw entire that. screen. <laughs> I, I need, yeah, we need, we need to talk about it, it because was so awkward. Sam Raimi and Mark Webb don't get a thank you. <laughs> That's why we need yeah. to talk about it. It feels specifically awful because they did not get a thanks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very funny moment. I was laughing really hard. Should we do our awards? You seem tired. Yeah, I'm actually looking up to see. There was like some uh, controversy with the Avi Arad uh, credit with some fans. Um, I mean, they probably thought it was bad. Some fans blame Arad for using his creative control to wield massive changes to the MCU's original vision for the Spider-Man films. I mean, Avi Arad is famously, like, you know, the guy who wrote Spider-Man 3, right? So, like, it's obvious why people don't like him. I'm just saying. So, yeah. so moving to our yeah. awards. Yeah, let's just move into the awards, because this is just going to tick me off. Oh, I do want to say that uh, how great would it be if Alan Tudyk would become a Spider-Man villain in the MCU. I think him more as a voice actor these days, honestly. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind him being in Spider-Verse two. I feel like him being in live Spider-verse action is kind of weird. Yeah, I'm used to gotcha. more as a voice actor these days. So gotcha, gotcha. But sure, he was just supposed to. He was supposed to be the Cletus Cassidy in Amazing Spider-Man three. So. That would have been interesting, but this movie should still been titled "The Amazing Spider-Man 3. Yeah, come on, the Amazing Spider-Man's Three. Okay, so the YS Awards MVP. 
Mine is obviously Andrew Garfield. I, I, I've been thinking about his performance since I've saw it. Uh, it's really special. Uh, it's really special. He got to give it, you know, and he pretty much handily proves that he's the best actor to play this character. He's, yeah. Yeah. Not the best inter- um, iteration, but the best actor. Mm hmm. Uh, of the I, for me, it's it is Willem Dafoe. Um, guy, just I know I said this for Tony Leung, but Willem Dafoe again putting on an acting clinic, and yeah, and just like it, it was really close because I I remember after the film, I'm like I have no idea who I'm going to give MVP to because there there were a good solid, like I said, good solid four performances. And ultimately, I give it to uh, Willem Willem Dafoe, and because I think his performance here was better than Spider Man, yeah, than Spider Man. Uh, and like, I was I more of afraid that. of Goblin here than before. I've been seeing but, a lot of that. And I think it's mainly due to the fact that you can see his face. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Um, favorite scene. I think finally getting with great power comes great responsibility has to be the best scene. It's just because one, I don't really want to give it to a scene with the Spider-Man uh, because personally, I, I think that's kind of under, uh, I, I, I'm not trying to yell at you because I know you, you have one of them, but I'm just saying that like, um, I think the movie is good before they show up. You know what I mean? So I wanted to give it to yeah. a scene before oh, they showed up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I yeah. think I wasn't really expecting it from May. And it really emotionally hit and made you realize exactly what was happening, what the point of this movie and arguably this trilogy was, was to give you an extended origin to, for the classic Peter Parker. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, for me, um, favorite scene is the Spidey's three banter at the Statue of Liberty awaiting their villains. Um, it's 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 going to be a YouTube clip once this comes out on DVD. It, DVD home release. About it. It'll be a, probably it's probably on YouTube right now if an audience screaming. Pro- probably, yeah. probably, um, y'all criminals. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it's it's just a just a great moment, and especially for like for people that have seen all three iterations of the you know of the Spider Man, it's it's just such a rewarding pay off to see them interact that way yeah favorite scene okay what about the worst scene all right so tyler please don't jump on me for this because it's mine's an audience reaction it's an oh so you're saying the audience reaction it's like clapping is the worst thing about this way actually (laughs) this scene would have been bad without an audience reaction but the fact that my audience Mm, applied for it made me very concerned about the state of america uh and that is when (laughs) norman said the meme line of course, saying when, like, you know, like, Doc Ock is like, well, he, Peter's like, I can maybe cure you guys. I'm pretty good at science. And Doc Ock is like, yeah, let's do some research and figure this out. And then Norman goes, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. And my audience applauded. And I was so upset. I was mad anyway. I think the other meme line in the movie, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand, works better in context. This is just such an obvious, like, oh, let's put a meme in the movie, you know? There's no actual yeah. humor to it. It's just saying the reference. It's a cheap joke. And the rest of the movie avoids this. Whereas, like, because the thing yeah. is, like, there are in-jokes, especially in the Spider-Man scenes with, like, Toby and Andrew. Like, we get the back stuff. We get the, you know, you're amazing. Like, but, like, it's integrated better than, like, just yeah. blatantly saying a Raimi meme. 
Yeah, there there is a payoff. There is a payoff with Doc Ock when he's holding the Stark reactor and he's like the power of the sun in my hand. And it's like, you know, I've never really thought of the arc reactor that in that way. And he's like, he it is, is the same he thing. Is right. Yeah, because like, that's what he's trying know? to do. He's trying to get the fusion reactors kind of the same thing as the arc reactor, you know? So, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, that, that, that's, that's amazing. You know, that's amazing. But then of course, I've, I've never made that correlation. Of course. And that the, will, sorry, in rewatch, like that'll pay off. But the, the one line with Norman of I'm something of a scientist myself, it's <laughs> kind of like the, it worked the one time. It's a meme because it, the, that's the, in the, it. Well, it's a meme because yeah. in the context of the original movie, there is it's it's just a line, you know. But by repeating yeah. it because it became a meme, just makes it stupid. It's kind of like you know the classic meme law that like once the, something the meme comes from acknowledges it, it ruins the meme. So I better not see this mm-hmm. meme anywhere anymore because they ruined it. You know, <laughs> they, they. Yeah. So, you know, I'm something of a podcaster myself. Ugh. <laughs> Danny's like Danny's like you're the worst scene Tyler yeah. Um, yeah for me the worst scene it's tough to pick because of, of the lack of in my opinion but I do think the Matt Murdock scene could have been better Um, it left more questions than answers and not the good narrative kind like what were his connections to May and or happy Um, it was kind of like it was just like hey he's here boom and it was kind of like when who knows him when did they call him up it was it was kind of like what what's going on here i think yeah. it's, I, I don't have an issue with the murdoch scene because we never talked about it, so i think i think this is the invitation to talk about it. because um yeah i think it exists solely to make the people who are like watching the netflix shows happy i think the fact mm-hmm. that half the audience has no idea who he is means that explaining who he is doesn't really matter just say he's a lawyer and then have there be a hint of him catching the br- brick. And the people who are in the audience who know what it is will be like, yeah, he's the daredevil. And the people who don't will be like, eh, that was weird. But then they won't think about it anymore because it happened so early in the movie. You know? Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't have an issue with it, personally. That's gotcha. Uh, best moment. It's got to be Andrew saving MJ. Come on. There, there were three moments that we already talked about that made me teary-eyed. This was the one that got me like nearly bawling when I thought about it 30 seconds after it happened. You knew it was coming mm. from the trailers pretty much, but Garfield completely sold it. It was the culmination of his arc that was left hanging, what, seven years ago. And it was interesting yeah. to see both him save her and her his reaction to saving her, where he couldn't believe mm. that he did it. It was yeah. really just an incredible moment. And it's the moment where I was saying, like, my audience cheered at it, and I didn't understand why. Because, And I've heard audience, this is like a big moment that audiences are cheering for everywhere. To me, I'm just so emotionally invested at that point that I can't even think to clap, even if it is a cool moment. I'm just, like, crying <laughs> that he, he pulled it off, you know? Like, that is yeah. the closure that he never thought he would get that he does get. It's just gotcha. incredible. An incredible moment. Uh for me, it's Spidey using geometry to trap uh, the strange doctor in the mirror dimension. It's like the perfect mesh. Like we're finally getting this mesh of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Uh, you know, the two like when he is Spider-Man, he can still use the Peter, his Peter Parker, like the knowledge. He could still be the nerd that Peter Parker is. You know, he could still be that when he is Spider-Man. And he can still be brave when he is Peter Peter Parker, you know? So I I think that, like, 
that was just a, it was a really fun moment. And also when he like talks to him, like he talks to himself during that moment, he's like, Peter, this is geometry. You could do that. Geometry is easy. And I'm like, that reminded me of the nineties, uh, Spider-Man cartoon so much. And I was, I was like, oh yeah, he's, he's like, we're getting this head narrative coming out, you know? And I, I loved it. It, it was, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, really good moment. Uh, what about the biggest surprise for me? It was Ned using Eldritch mute, Eldritch music, Eldritch magic. Uh, I was kind of like, whoa, where did that come from? But uh, what about you? Oh, well, I mean, it came from it came from the joke at the beginning where Ned was like, my grandma says I have magic in me. Strangers like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. But um, I, I kind of mentioned this already. Uh, Salmon having the size of a role that he did. I felt like all the villains were honestly pretty equal in screen time besides Lizard. And that was uh, pretty surprising, I felt like. Uh, and it was cool to see Thomas Hayden Church given the material he had, even though it was just voice work. Mm. I think he had more material than anyone besides uh, Ock or uh, Osborne, which was pretty surprising yeah. to me. I will. Yeah, I liked I liked when he when he showed up. Um. To and saved uh, Tom Holland yeah. from Electro's blast. Like, and he was just like, he was like Peter, blah 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 blah. Like, it, he was just like working with him immediately. And I'm yeah. like, that's cool, you know that exactly. Yeah, that we, it's still still them reflecting on changes from the last time that we saw them. So, yeah, um, most disappointing aspect. You guys know what? It's the, the Giacchino score. It barely utilizes the legacy themes. And it's so jarring. I think I mentioned this already. But you see all three of the Spider-Man running and jumping and swinging and posing. And it's just the Holland theme. There's no attempt to interweave the Raimi or the Horner theme in there. Uh, and it's I, I genuinely think this is a terrible score. Because I it's the one time you can do all this stuff. And it chooses actively to avoid doing it except when it has to. Because it only ever really weaves in those themes when it's just one of the other Spider-Men, and I think that's really sad. Uh, it suffered. It, it, I feel like the score really mattered here, and mm. it did. Giacchino let it down. Gotcha. Uh, for me, it's where the heck was Venom? Although it's more, it's more of an in the moment kind of thing, as I think it takes much more narrative and totally fits Eddie slash venom to be just mere confused visitors as an at at an mcu bar even though i wanted my symbiote moment in the mcu a film down the road dedicated solely to that will be a much bigger payoff it's like like what you talked about with waiting for christmas to open your presents you know um yeah wait waiting waiting for that moment i think would be better than rushing to get this five minute cameo of yeah. yummy and then yeah running away like yeah i think i think it'll it'll be a much bigger payoff down the road um most looking forward to uh my hope is that the lack of closure between andrew garfield and toby comes in a spider-verse sequel uh because i feel like that line about there being a potential black spider-man uh acknowledged it as a possibility for them to meet miles morales uh mm, 
Yeah. That said, I do also think it'd be cool to see Andrew Garfield pop up in the Venom movies. But again, it really would depend on if those movies are good, uh, like well-written for his character. Because otherwise it'd be really cool. I think this would be a nice send-off for him too. You know, it's all, it, it all, it does come down to Garfield there. It's like, if he wants to do them, yes. If he doesn't, I'm okay with him having this be a send-off. And as for the Holland movies, I'm excited to see what the next trilogy will hold. Now that Ned and MJ and the Star Connections are all the picture, because I assume we'll be Peter going to college in New York. It'll be pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited for um, a Tom Holland Spidey trilogy dealing with lesser known villains from the Spidey Rogues Gallery. Um, also, the stakes can be much higher with Peter hiding his identity and focusing on saving New York specifically. Um, because like before he had that connection with the Avengers and now I don't really know like yeah he fought with the Avengers but the Avengers aren't going to know who Peter Parker is you know yeah um so so uh like I'm sure he's going to have run-ins with Kingpin, Daredevil, Elektra and other assorted New York City villains and heroes and I'm all the more excited for this character we're like Spider-Man's getting to his to his roots, you know. It seems like he's gonna plant down a little bit at, for at least a little while. We'll see if Marvel bit. brings in Electra. We'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, she's a pretty divisive character in the Daredevil show. I'd be surprised if they leave her behind. Uh, so yeah, gotcha. Yeah, but right. Punisher. I didn't. I didn't put down Punisher. That would have been a better one. Oh, well, John Burfoss says he does not want to reprise Punisher unless he's allowed to keep him R-rated. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Punisher again. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'd also like to thank Joe Schremer for editing this episode. And uh, Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. And I'd like to mark it because uh, it's Christmas Day. And you know what that's, uh, Christmas Day is about? It's about trying to sell someone. Sell you guys everything. Which is that uh, if you enjoyed listening to me on this podcast... You should check out my other one today because we're putting up an episode today at the same time about It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, and that podcast is called The Stub Club. I co-host it with uh, Sarah Kanoff and Caleb Baspon, both of who have guest starred on this podcast multiple times. Uh, and I'm marketing it this time because one, as I said, it's Christmas. But two, I feel like It's a Wonderful Life is the first movie you covered that like most people have seen. So like, if you're ever going to listen, mm. now's the time to jump in, right? So. Yeah. Our next episode here will be... Uh, us doing our year and re- oh no it won't be we'll be covering the no Hawkeye it won't finale. it'll we'll be, be Hawkeye, Hawkeye yeah. the last half of Hawkeye yeah yeah which I think I think we'll have quite a bit to talk about Dan I know Danny at this moment you've not seen any like you've not seen four or five oh, I haven't seen but, six either. yeah <laughs> well I mean neither, neither have I yeah, but yeah. all right <laughs> but yeah all right, so thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.busroute.com. You can also contact us by email at whyiswithtydan at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtyan1 because I am number one. You can also follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at Blakeman's reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU. We will see you Hopefully before the end of the year with the Hawkeye finale, but we will see. Yeah. Yeah, Yep. Either way, we'll catch you in the next one.